What is up, Slumber Party Massacre? Are you guys a club that hangs out and watches horror movies? Because that is just too cool. And I want to do that. Here's my Lost Boys shirt. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, anyway, thanks for hitting me up, Lacey. Fuck yeah! And wanted to give a shout out to you and Nikki. Uh, it makes me very happy to not be a virgin. Carly. I asked my dad if he was disappointed when I told him I was still a virgin. And Heather. Booyah! And Rebecca. Somebody owes me 15 fucking dollars. Wow, that is super cool that you guys hang out and watch rad movies together. Um, and thanks for being a fan of Mikey and Blink Check and Family Ties. Uh, I don't have that much stuff from uh, the Mikey days. Uh, I was eight years old when I filmed that. A lot of people were um, confused at the decision my mom made to let me do it. Uh, but I thought she was awesome for it because I had a lot of fun filming that. And, uh, you know, I already knew what was real and fake at that point because I had done a lot of acting already. Uh, but, yeah, that was a blast to film. And so many good actors that went on to go, uh, go do other uh, cool movies and shows. Um, I got a couple pictures that from, from um, filming that. That's Dennis Dempster-Dank, the, the director, and I. And uh, here's a classic photo with the bow and arrow. Whoop. It's really awesome you guys hit me up. Um, I hope you're doing well and staying safe in this confusing world right now. Uh, this is my little man, Oliver. He turns two tomorrow. He's enjoying some chicken nuggets. And he finished his strawberries and his sausage. Say hi, buddy. <laughs> He's my best bud. And then we also got uh, Eleanor around here. Where's she at? Eleanor. Eleanor, come here. There's Eleanor. Whoop. Well, there's a little glimpse into my life and my day today. Uh, I really appreciate you guys hitting me up, uh, and I hope y'all are well, and uh, keep watching movies and hanging out and being best friends. Wish you the best. Thanks so much. Brian Bonsell out.
You are cordially invited to attend episode eight of the Slumber Party Massacre podcast. I am Lacey Liu, and with me, as always, are my favorite slumberettes, Rebecca Reinhardt. What's up, Rebecca? I got my PJs on. Do you? What do you wear for PJs? Right now, I'm actually wearing a Barbie. We can be anything. The experience from the Children's Museum of Indianapolis sweatshirt. So, yep. And a Friday the 13th blanket. I'm a well-rounded woman. I totally thought you were going to say footies, but. (laughs) Uh, And we also have the lovely young buck, Carla, a.k.a. Carly. What's up, Carla? I got my underwear on. (laughs) The ones from your grandma? Um, No, actually, these were, I had these uh, before I got those, so. Um, mm. which that, that makes it sound like they're old ratty underwear, right. but no, they're, right. they're decent underwear. They're okay. So, yeah. so, all right. So I just need a timeline of the underwear here. So the underwear <laughs> that you have yeah, on When did right you inherit now? grandma's underwear, Carly? <laughs> so the underwear that you inherited from your grandma is actually newer than the underwear that you have on right now. Y- yes. Again, that's, that makes it sound uh, very unattractive, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Yes, because I inherited um, that underwear was passed down to me back in 2019. So, um, and a lot of those, there's a lot of pairs. Some of them I haven't even worn yet. But, and uh, again, for anyone who hasn't listened, um, these are these were unopened Victoria's Secret underwear, and she was very tiny, so she her underwear size was the same as mine apparently. But anyway, yes, these are. Um, <laughs> all reliable pair i have no idea where i got them um so anyway uh who else is here uh heather are you here yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm here i didn't know we were supposed to wear clothes guys i thought we started our own only fans now with only fans oh, going uh, out yeah right. oh, now, now we can really hey guys we should really start our own website called the slumber party massacre mm-hmm. snap snap to oh, where yeah. you know it's just like only fans of slumber party massacre oh i like what you did there, <laughs> we have to take all our nudes while filming <laughs> <laughs> while recording rather no carly will leave that old day underwear on don't you guys worry yes. <laughs> it could be a safe haven for chicks who want to show their tits and get bloody and shit yeah you know? well how does only fans doesn't you? allow that well that was it with me i thought we were literally <laughs> filming our new only fans um I'll- things are great i'm happy to be here as always with you ladies awesome and then we also have sister nikki hello still here still connected going strong and i'm wearing the coolest (laughs) hat i own i think you wear that almost every time we record is it like a good luck thing yeah it's my favorite one that i have i actually have a lot of hats but this is pretty much the only one that i wear is there a story behind that hat no, I don't even remember how I got this hat, to be honest. Did I buy I think, it for you? I think it was a Christmas gift from Grandma. Oh. So you Aww. inherited So not that. underwear? <laughs> not underwear. No, our Grandma didn't she... buy us underwear. I remember. No, okay. Do you oh. guys remember as a little kid, like, when you would get underwear as a gift, and it was, like, the most embarrassing thing ever? No, because no one ever embarrassed me like that. Really? <laughs> No, like our, I think our mom just like to do it to fuck with us or something. What do you think, Nikki? 
Yeah, I I mean, they were gifts that I enjoyed getting. I <laughs> You enjoyed getting underwear as gifts? Yeah. Well, I remember like mom would always get me. I was like, I need the weekly underwear. So like, <laughs> Wait, so you requested it. You requested it as a gift and now. Well, but I didn't want to open it in front of anybody. Lacey, I feel you. My mom bought me a leopard frog when I was 16 and got me to open it on Christmas Day in front of all my family. Because she thought it would be funny. My mom rolls. Shouts out to you, mom. Shouts out to you. Thanks for the therapy. Right. And the condoms were hers. Yes, exactly. She wondered where those fucking condoms came from. Right. I was just trying to make her proud. I feel like this conversation is very fitting for the movie that we're going to review later. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, uh, Thank you all for coming back. As always, I love you gals more than anything. So always a pleasure. Um, We do have some fan mail. We have quite a bit of fan mail uh, this go around. Um, None from Dave Z. Should we call him out or no? Yes. Dave, where are you? I feel like. I feel like something's missing. I feel like I feel like he's abandoned ship at this point. And I feel like that last episode was like one of our best, if not best. Yeah. It's you, Dave. Yeah, radio assignments mm-hmm. from Dave. Dave, I miss us. I miss us. <laughs> Did he go back to the hospital? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, he, explode, he recorded exploding heads. I just listened to their episode. So he's alive. He's just ignoring us. Oh, mm. well, we see who puts women first. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we love you, James. We love your feedback. Come back anytime. <clears throat> All right, ladies. Uh, we do have uh, quite a bit of fan mail, so I don't want to skip over the ones that did pay us attention this time. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Dayron. Am I, am I going to say this wrong? Is it Dayron? Oh, Darren? Darren. Darren why, why, why? Darren. That's okay. Darren that Wilson, is, yeah. I have never this seen a Darren like that ever. I was like, that's Dayron. <laughs> Though we could Day-ron. call him Dayron. He would probably rule with it in all fairness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, no, it's like I've never seen Darren spelled that way before. So I was literally like, I was going to ask him, but then I didn't want to feel stupid. Oh, no, it's Darren, but he marches to the beat of his own drum. He's down with that. Well, he's Dayron going forward. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, cool. he, so he says, uh, um, I'll probably think of something better after I say this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, to the slumber party question about dangerous situations. Apologies if it's not what you're looking for. In hindsight, I can't say if it was actually dangerous or we just watched too many horror movies and got far enough from home for long enough to lose the overconfidence of three dudes in a van. But one time on tour, my van came across a small tree or big branch laying across the road one night and we got out to move it. We thought we heard people talking in the woods that seemed too far away for the tree slash branch to have naturally fallen into the road. We chickened out and shoved it mostly off the road and drove over the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Darren. (laughs) It sounds like every horror movie though, in all fairness. That sounds like the like wrong turn. When he sent it, I I was picturing it all in my head. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So thank you, uh, Dayron, for sending that in. Uh, We also have Brandon Young, brief 
brief one here. He said, okay, finally catching up on Slumber Party with episode five. He said, Lacey Lou, you did a great Mary Mike Merriman impression. <laughs> I don't even remember doing that, but like, because I impersonate Mike all the time. No, you, you impersonated the one you impersonated that Nathan kid from South Park is what everybody thought <laughs> no I don't even like remember doing that like why why was I impersonating Mike to begin with why not fan mail no <laughs> he's he done a fan mail you were reading it like he would read he would say it oh well ironically enough he did send in fan mail okay so should All I right. read Let's it see. in my best Mike Merriman impression Do you, yes yeah <laughs> it's now a segment all right, hang on. It, it's a long one, so <clears throat> I don't know if I can gruff it out it, for that long. Uh, uh, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is an all-girls podcast, but we still have to say it. <laughs> this is Mike Merriman, and uh, I'm guesting on uh, Slumber Party Massacre. <laughs> Just wanted to drop a quick message to say that I am still really digging the show. It's given all of you a real chance to let your personality shine and uh, give your listeners a peek into, you know, different sides of you we may not have seen otherwise. Regarding episode seven specifically, the Girl Talk segment was fun and also enlightening, not to mention relatable. Oh, he picked up hookers too. He does, that was Saturday night, though. <laughs> Most of my dangerous situations from my youth. All right, I'm just going to read it normally. It's oh, that was great, though, Lacey. I was, that was great. Yeah. Sex phone line to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. Uh, he says, Most of my dangerous situations from my youth revolve around driving home from sports bars after football Sundays. While I don't think I was ever drunk, I do look back <laughs> and think I definitely shouldn't have been driving. And if I would have had the unlucky circumstance of being pulled over. It would not have ended well for me. Crazy how we make certain decisions in the moment that go against our better judgment, which we later look back on and in a bit of disbelief as what we did. As far as the pillow fight segment goes, another great discussion and the way to bring something new to a familiar topic, Friday the 13th franchise. I appreciate the idea to force people to defend movies they might not necessarily go to bat for normally. Having to look for the positive in something is a good mental exercise. Yeah. My bias going in would have said Friday five Heather was a runaway winner since I didn't I don't even view that one as a lesser installment in the first place. But I'm going to give Nikki tons of credit for mm. solid arguments for Friday eight, especially the idea that it opened up the door to placing Jason in new locations going forward. As for the sewer death turning into kid Jason ending. Uh. That was hard to justify, period. But it was still a good attempt. Anyways, great episode of a great podcast. Keep it up. Can't wait to hear what's coming in the future. Thanks, Mikey. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Mikey, <laughs> don't drink and drive. Stay home and smoke weed. Okay. Yeah. And Skype. <laughs> well, that's what he typically does. And, and um, Skype your friends at two in the morning. Yeah. Right. All right, guys. And then we have... Hold, please, as I'm pulling it up. Dun, 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 dun. That's what she said. Yeah, high five, high five. <laughs> All right, Sorry, I gotta, I love I, I gotta fucking back. leave that in now. <laughs> All right, we have Kevin W. Smith. 
He said, I just got done listening to your Friday the 13th episode. I would like to say great episode. All you ladies did great on your movie that you were given. I know it's hard to debate a film that you don't like. You get two thumbs up from me. If you ever get a chance to meet Derek Mears, you should. He is one of the nicest actors I have ever met. And he talked to me for a good half hour. He has retweeted me back as well. The most dangerous thing I have done when I was four, I saw my oldest stepbrother jump off our deck. I saw him do it a handful of times. So one day my mom went to pick up my stepdad. Nikki and Lisa's mom was cooking dinner where she was making some pasta. So I went outside and I climbed up on top of the deck and jumped off. I landed fine. So I was like, this is fun. I went back up to the deck. This deck is about 12 feet off the ground. I climbed the deck again to jump again. This time, uh, when I landed, I heard the biggest crunch I had ever heard. I was in so much pain. I was crying so bad. I was crawling into the house. I was like, I got to go get into the house to watch Spider-Man, the TV show. I crawled all the way into the house, went to my bedroom. I thought if I could wait until dinner, I would be fine. Once dinner came, I could not walk. So I asked my brother, Kurt, to carry me to the dinner table. My brother was like, Kev, you can walk. I got up and tried to walk. I just couldn't. I started to cry. My mom was like, what's going on? I was like, I jumped off the deck. My mom was like, Kevin, you could have killed yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I could have broken your leg. Oops. Wait. (laughs) Sorry. I I don't know why I laughed at that. I shouldn't. Hang on. Uh, So the next day we went to the doctor's office. I was there for like eight hours. They didn't know what happened. So then they sent me to another doctor's office. I was there for like another four to five hours. Found out that broke both balls in my heels. So. Okay. Oh Oh my God. God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Woof. Sigh of relief from even people who don't have balls. Right. (laughs) So the doctor office gave me crutches uh, so I could walk. I can relate to you ladies about having a stalker. I met this lady that became obsessed with me at first sight. Nikki and Lacey know all about it. It was kind of scary. She was telling people that we were dating after I, after I told her that I didn't like her like that. She was asking, when do I get to meet your family? She would call my cell phone after like 11 to 4 a.m. Nikki kind of helped me get out of the situation. I could go into more about that, but that's for a different day. I just want to say thank you ladies for entertainment while I work. Keep up the good work. Did Nikki call her and say, you know, the phone is a blessing to our ears. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was. Sorry, guys. That was off air. Call back. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I don't remember what I did to help him in this situation. I wish he would have elaborated. So it was a long time ago. I'm sure he will now. Yeah. Elaborate, Kevin. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, we have okay. Uh the next fan mail we have Tim McCormick. He said, just wanted to stop by and show some love. You girls all rock in your own individual way. And thanks for all the time and energy it takes to make each episode better than the last. I'm loving the recent love for the 90s slash 2000 horror here. I mean, don't get me wrong. We love our 70s, 80s horror to death, but there are a lot of good times attached to the later slasher entries as well. I was shocked and excited to see Lacey Lou put out a Soul Survivor commentary as a bonus recently. That movie is very interesting, gets very little mention, and is odd. It also has one hell of a soundtrack. Anyways, you all take care and figured you'd want some feedback. Peace. Uh, cool. Yeah. 
No, I thought well, that was really you. cool. I when I when I recorded that commentary by myself, <laughs> I didn't think anybody would actually want to listen to it. Um, I actually did listen back to myself. I, I got a little tipsy while I did that, and the ending of that episode is probably <laughs> like Dan. Dan listened to it and like. I said this movie's like when I came to the realization what the movie was about I said it like 80 times <laughs> I was like I was like this movie's about guilt <laughs> you're just you're just trying to take my shtick aren't you Lacey <laughs> well I mean no uh, I was just really bored with yeah it, but I mean I'll probably do it again in the future but it actually got a shit ton of plays and um thank you all I cut I kind of I kind of feel like we need a crossover. Maybe this is a Patreon thing that we do a slumber party massacre drunken commentary on something. I, I'm totally down for that. I'll do that. That would be fun. I like mm-hmm. drinking. I love, yeah, I love getting drunk. I like movies and drinking. So no, I didn't like think I was I said I like drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> movies are okay, but. No, the movies are fine. That's just a side piece. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well we did a um uh, me and dan invited a bunch of people on for friday the 13th part three commentary um on actually friday the 13th which was a lot of fun you bitches yeah you invited me but yeah. i was drinking yeah. somewhere else I, was, <laughs> I had that thing you had that thing yeah you in, you yeah. invited me but i crashed out at eight o'clock on friday the 13th who like does a, that rebecca you're a it was I the know. only one I know. I crashed out during part seven. I don't know. How many know. did you watch? I know. Well, I watched, I watched five. And five then I turned on world? seven. No, I watched part five. Oh. And then, <laughs> and then five seven. And then seven came on and I just, every once in a while, kind of like perk up and be like, yeah, Melissa's a bitch. You know? And then uh-huh. it, the next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock and I'm being like shaken, like, hey, why don't you just go to bed? <laughs> That's a really sad story. It's like, let's it get is. you to bed, Grandma. <laughs> hey, you know what, though? You know what, Jason, <laughs> Grandma's Jason, sorry. Yeah. Jason would want me to do what is best for me on Friday the 13th. It's like, he babe, would. if you need to sleep, you sleep. That's right. <laughs> you take care of you. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, back to fan mail. I asked a question uh, of who actually listened to our episode because we dropped it on that Friday the 13th, which I thought was really cool. We, uh, we did get a lot of plays that day. Um, it was probably the most plays that we have gotten in a day, probably uh, on its initial release that I've been, you know, looking out since we moved from Dark Discussions. Um, so I asked who had been listening because I was just curious. And Steve Ronquillo? said yeah Ronquillo Ronquillo you know I say I say it like I know he's a really good friend and I don't know how to say his last name so so I don't listen to me then yeah (laughs) he said me seeing a member of your cast suffer is always good (laughs) and I said I take Mm -hmm. Rebecca Reinhardt Um, and then Holly Klein said, this episode was great. Love the five second questions. You girls are so naughty and I love it. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we just have one more and it is a voice clip from Derek Boo-Boo. Boo-Boo. Oh, boo-boo. 
gals. Hey, gals. Derek here, as usual. And I just got done listening to the Friday the 13th slash Final Girl Show. And pretty good stuff. I really dug all your guys' uh, stances on those movies, even if you didn't like them. You know, it was pretty funny, especially uh, the Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X one. That was pretty fucking funny shit. <laughs> and uh, the Final Girls review, you guys made me ball my eyes out. This might make me sound weird, but I'm kind of a little bitch to some movies sometimes. <laughs> and cry. Like, I even cried the fucking Frankenweenie one time. Uh, oh, how could you? Actually, I watched that movie. And uh, I get it. I get it. It makes me uh, emotional, too, especially that final scene with the, uh, you know, the mother and her daughter. Well, it's not, well, the mother's character and her actual daughter. But that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's kind of a weird movie in that sense, but I kind of like it for that too. But uh, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff, as always. Uh, funny, uh, you know, actually uh, some uh, funny uh, stuff that happened within it too. You know, I got to learn a lot about you gals, especially during that game you guys did. That was fucking hilarious. You guys crack me up. You even make me cry sometimes. So it's always good in that book. Now, I know Androvision uh, actually <laughs> requested movies. And I think that, you know, maybe, dude, if I wanted, a, like, my special show that I actually picked for you guys I think you guys should do whatever happened to baby Jane uh, that would be actually a fucking great like milestone episode for you guys to do you know just to hear you guys because I, I do love slashers but I also like hearing other opinions on other things too and I don't want you guys to be like in that mold where you just talk about slasher movies you know what I mean but slashers are fun, and I like it. But, you know, I also like hearing about other types of horror films, because I think Whatever Happened to Baby Jane would be a great one for you guys. Uh, Burning Bright, which is a movie about this woman and her autistic brother stuck in uh, a hurricane with a fucking real tiger. Yes, they actually use a real tiger. Yes. I think that would be a great one for you guys. And also... Kathy's Curse, because I actually mentioned this when Carly actually just picked that up at a convention. And I was yeah. like, that would be a fucking hilarious review for that you guys to do. Because that little girl in that movie, she says some lines in that that your mouths would drop uh, if you haven't seen it. But yeah, I think those would be fun for you guys to do. And But I still love the formula and stuff. It's fun stuff. And you did get deep on one of my favorite movies of that decade, you know, The Final Girls, you could actually dissect for various reasons because it does have a kind of a roller coaster effect of a movie where you go up and down because it has like those funny parts, but it also has those deep parts. And like Lacey said, there's actually that whole background discussion thing where has this really happened to them or is this like they're kind of like purgatory in a way? 
just to be in this movie, which I kind of like that. It's kind of like that movie where you could dissect too. But overall, great show as always, and can't wait to hear what you guys are doing next. So see you later. Bye. Yeah, I've seen Burning Bright. It's that's a solid film. You've seen it, Nikki? I have seen it. When did you see it? Well, interesting story. A couple years ago, I was actually working at a job that stressed me out like hardcore. Like I would, I couldn't even like sleep at night. So I like woke up super early one morning. I was like, well, I have to go to work soon, but I can't sleep. So um, I found this movie on Shudder and I watched it at like five in the morning and just like stayed up in the morning. I didn't fall asleep at all because I was not tired and watching it before I went into work. I know it was like a horror movie before I started my day, but it actually made my day go much smoother. And hmm. I, I actually enjoyed that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one that I wanted to watch because um, a lot of people talked about that when like, um, like Crawl came out. Is that what the name of that is? Like just the whole idea of oh, yeah, being trapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never, I never even did heard watch of it. that. Yeah, it's the whole like, isn't it kind of the, the weird thing of like it's not like over the top, but they've got a tiger in their house and they have to like award it and there's like a flood or something, right? Um, I can't remember if there's a flood or not, but they they legit do have this like tiger that's like loose in their home and they're trying to get out of the house and like the tiger is like super smart and like traps them in the house and they have to like outwit it and it was just it was pretty uh intense from what I can remember. Nice. Well, I will definitely be seeking that one out. Um, Derek will be happy to know that on this episode, uh, we are reviewing, I don't think any of the films for our pillow fight segment are slashers. Mm, Out of the Dark is kind of one. Oh, that's right. That one is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But aside from that, uh, we are going to be discussing a lot. And then our review for October is not a slasher. So uh, you'll be happy to know that, Derek. But I'm not going to reveal that just yet. (laughs) All right. And everybody, that concludes fan mail. Thank you all for sending in your clips and your messages. We really appreciate the feedback and you guys listening. It means so much to us. All right. So let's get into our girl talk topic. Say that three times fast. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about high school horror stories. Um, It can be something scary that happened or something completely embarrassing, which I think that's probably going to be the latter um, of most of our conversations tonight. Um, As everybody knows by now, this is um, a back to school episode. Kids are in back to school. So let's talk some horror stories. Uh, Nikki, let's start with you. Okay, so I don't really have too many horror stories from high school, but there was one in particular that was very, very embarrassing. And at least to me, it was. And at the high school that I went to, we had a separate cheerleading team and a separate dance team. I was on the dance team because I love to dance and I love to perform in front of crowds of people. And we rehearsed every morning. We'd have to be at school at like five in the morning to rehearse for this uh, state competition that we 
we were going to be performing in. And it was a lot of hard work and we were working on this palm routine. So we actually had pom-poms for this dance routine. Anyway, it gets to be the, the state competition and we perform in front of thousands of people. Like this is a big deal um, for certain high school extracurricular activity events. And I, I mean, it wasn't the first time I performed, but I was really nervous for some reason. Anyway, get out in front of the crowd and start to perform. Everything's going smoothly until there is this part in the dance where I have to transition one palm to the other palm and hold on to both of the palms. And when I went to do that, the palm just went out of my hand and dropped on the floor. And I was absolutely mortified because in the world of dance, when you drop your palm during a dance routine, it is like major penalties for your team. And it, it cost our team a lot because I dropped my palm. So I, this story has kind of like always haunted me and I, uh, <laughs> you know, um, in a sense, I think over the years, it has kind of held me back in a certain manner, just because I didn't live up to this certain level of expectation that I thought other people had of for me and like how the, the expectations I had for myself in order to like perform and not being able to place, I felt like I let my team down and it was just really hard because we had to actually listen to the critiques of that dance later with our team. So like in, in like they're critiquing the, the, our performance and I hear one of the judges go, Oh, someone dropped their palm. And all of my dance team members just looked at me and I was just like, I just got to get the fuck out of here. Like it was just something that a memory that I look back on and it just absolutely mortified me. It's not something I like to think about a whole lot, but um, I can see how I've grown since. Wow. Lacey, wait, way to like open your sister's wounds. Okay. (laughs) Very That that wound did run deep, Rebecca. But I, you know, I have healed yeah. from it. I, or at least I'm a- attempting to. <laughs> That's why I never. I was a marching band. I never wanted to be on color guard, dance team, major at any of that because I saw so many of them drop their batons and you know flags, whatever during performances, and like it just it made me like cringe for them but luckily we didn't actually compete in our band we were like the participation trophy type of band so it wasn't a huge thing but (laughs) (laughs) I just always felt I felt for them so I feel for you I feel for you here yeah I feel like we should give you a hug Nikki yeah it's okay I know (laughs) yeah I didn't have like any horror stories but that was definitely embarrassing for me well I would say it was and you know what fuck that dance team because you're an awesome dancer and who really like seriously points for dropping a stupid palm like did you I don't know that's stupid to me but yeah expectations versus reality um so yeah moving on let's go to Heather oh man okay 
So um, grade nine and I'm at a sleepover and, you know, oh, wow, this is fitting. It was a slumber party. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> and uh, <Aww. laughs> we were, we were sharing stories, right? Like what you do at sleepovers and about things that were embarrassing. So when I was, you know, a little kid, I used to go to this place called the Sega beach and there was um back in the day there was this dude like a, a baker that would drive around and he would sell baked goods at all the different cottages right so there would be these little cottages resorts and he would drive in with his little baker van and sell whatever baked goods he made that day and i i really liked gingerbread so but i also couldn't say the word vagina and they go together so i was running up and down the beach yelling mommy mommy i have sand in my china and the baker man's here um, because I was really excited to get the gingerbread, but I felt the need to inform my mother that I had sand in my vagina. So I <laughs> told this story <laughs> at a sleepover. So the next Monday I get, Hey, China, China. So I had over the weekend developed a new nickname where people called me China, but instead of moving away from it, I embraced it. And my high school email was China underscore 71 at Hotmail. I wanted it to be China <laughs> underscore 69, but that was taken. So I had, to- <laughs> so I had to use China underscore 71 at Hotmail.com. And the email still exists. I just no longer remember the password for it. But yeah, so that's where I kind of took the negative and tried to make it into a positive. Okay. So, fellas, if you're listening, she does not remember the password. So, please do not send your dick pics to China <laughs> underscore seventy one. You could, but I won't be seeing them. Right? So, no, just no, just do that. Do that. Right. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, what you got, girl? Well, I didn't really have anything embarrassing that wasn't super dark. Although Nikki, you know, I mean, she kind of went there. Um, so this is more of not an embarrassment for myself, but for someone else. And it was just a weird situation. So I worked at a video store in high school and the owner had a penchant for hiring young, attractive women and, uh, like all young, attractive women. And, uh, so one day, uh, Mandy O'Neill and I, who worked there, we went, we stopped by after school. Uh, we weren't working, but Sherry, the manager, she's a little older, but she was still like, I mean, she was probably like 22 or something like that. Um, and then Whitney Worthen, we were all standing there at the counter talking as they were working. And the store was like a really long, um, like a strip mall store, you know, where it's really narrow, but really long. So like all the new release shelves were on the walls. And then in the middle, we had these like freestanding display things for like one side, we had video games and one side we had like older movies. So they were kind of, I guess, sort of parallel to the desk. And it was, you know, it was only like three o'clock or whatever in the afternoon. There's like one person in the video store and we're just all standing up there talking. This guy is in the, the Sega games and like Sherry's behind the counter and we're all talking. And after a while, she just like looks up. She goes, what are you doing? And this dude like looks up, runs out of the store with his dick in his hand. And Sherry chases him out. And like, we're like, what the fuck just happened? We go behind where the, you know, where he was. And he had spooged all over the floor in front of the Sega games. 
Now he was either really into Sonic or really into young girls. So, <laughs> Definitely Sonic. Yeah. Definitely. So after that, after that, the next girl that got hired was like fat and ugly, and then a guy got hired. So <laughs> <laughs> they learned their lesson. There you go. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, Carly. All right. Um, I was trying to think, should I go with like trauma, embarrassing? What do I go with here? Um, and to be fair, I was a very awkward person. So to me, it's like everything was embarrassing in my life. But um, I'm going to go with a story that I feel fits with the Carla persona, because why the hell not? That's my <laughs> reputation on here at this point. But okay, so and <laughs> here we go. In 11th grade, I was in this class called Mass Media, and it was like the end of the year. Um, our for one thing, our teacher, it, it was a blow off class, essentially, because the teacher would just like give you 100% and you would just sit there the whole time. And it was like an extra study hall. But really, he was supposed to be teaching you about mass media. But everyone took it for a blow off class, as did I. And I was in there with a bunch of people I didn't really know. And when I was in high school, I was very, very shy. So if I didn't have a close friend or anything, um, I pretty much wouldn't talk the entire class. And then a lot of people thought I was a weirdo. Um, so, you know, fast forward, um, it was like about the last few months of school. And this teacher had a breakdown. He was about to retire anyway, but he like flipped out on a student, like through a desk and everything and then quit. So they got in this new teacher and she actually wanted to teach us. It was horrifying. Um so, you know, she paired me with <laughs> this, this group of total bitches and um, they were just kind of like, I hate weird people and stuff like that. And they were being really mean and I just didn't say anything. And then I made a big Facebook status as you do when you're my age at that time, instead of confronting them, I just made a big status saying like, I was paired with these stupid bitches for this class and blah, blah, blah. And I hope their kids that they give birth to end up being weirdos when I said all this mean stuff. <laughs> and then like about two months ago, like nothing was ever said about that. Then two months go by and I was paired with a different girl who was nice. And we were sitting across the room and the girls like, those girls are like talking about you. And they somehow found my status on Facebook and they were like reading it and all appalled. They were like, she's clearly talking about us. She was calling us peasants and stuff. And then she was like <laughs> telling the teacher and I was like, and I just yelled over. I was like, yeah, cause you're a total bitch. Like, and you're like talking about me just because I'm quiet. Like there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just quiet. And you guys want to talk shit. And then, you know, I started, she started yelling back at me. And then the embarrassing thing was how I handled it. Cause I just started kind of bawling and I was like crying and be like, well, you're like, a, you guys are like cunts and like, it's just not fair. And like, I'm <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm so tired of people picking on me and stuff like that. And then the girl was like, look at like, who do you think you are? Look at you. And she was like, and stuff like that. And I was at the embarrassing thing for me was like, there was a bunch of other kids in the class and they're all watching it. And like, I wish I would have handled myself better in that situation because nowadays I would just like pop them in the face but obviously um <laughs> but I didn't I just kind of cry I cried and then like the bell rang and those girls left and the teacher pulled me aside and was like look don't worry about them it was literally I think it was like the day before graduation and these girls were like in the grade above me so um they were going to be graduating anyway and the teacher's like you know don't worry about them you're never going to see them again and then I walked by them 
during lunch because the bell rang and they were having their lunch period and they were all like talking about me about how I like flipped out and stuff so it was like embarrassing <laughs> for that and I just the moral of the story is I wish I would have knocked them out instead of like crying like a little bitch Carly you just took me through like so many 90s movies uh high school yeah. <laughs> like, I was picturing, you are all sheep you peasants yeah <laughs> I can't hardly wait and no. then and then Romeo and Michelle, I hope your babies look like monkeys. <laughs> yeah. And Carly, I was pretty similar in high school. Um, I was pretty quiet. I didn't talk unless I had close friends in school either. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was a senior in high school, I actually was pretty much a loner. And um, in one of my uh, English classes that I had, the, the group of what you would call, you know, the popular girls, they were like, hey, come sit with us. And I was just like, okay, you know, just trying to be social and put myself out there. And um, one of the girls, she got up to go to the bathroom. And as soon as she left, they all started talking bad about her. And I was just like, well, now I remember why I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? right. Yeah, they were all <laughs> like, you know, none of these girls are like friends with each other now because they're all fake to each other. Right. Like, like it was horrible. so superficial. And I just, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. get it. And now they're all on Facebook. <laughs> and now they're going to podcast. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, now they're all starting work from home businesses on Facebook. And they send you messages asking if you want to buy yeah. some scented candles. That's where they are pounds? now. Want to lose 30 right. pounds in a week? No, ma'am, I don't. That sounds very dangerous. <laughs> so, like, buy, our, buy these pills yes. that I'm selling. Live, live, laugh, love. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I yeah. was one of those bitches. I sold pure romance for a period of time. <laughs> Oh, so you made fun of the people like me. I see how it is. I, I might have. No. Um, no. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> I guess that comes to my story. Um, it is. And can you top the hooker story? That's the question. <laughs> um, it's This is a very layered story as well. Um, okay, so ninth grade. <laughs> um, so I was 15, I believe. Maybe it was, yeah, I was 15 and I was getting ready. I had just been asked out like on my first like official date, I guess. And for high school anyways, um, I mean, I'd been on dates before, but this was the one that I was like, truly like really excited about. It was um, like me and this guy like met at a party and then we like, we just kept like running into each other and it just seemed like our fates had aligned and I was just really excited about this one. And so we were going to meet up together um, after school and go to the basketball game because um, that's what apparently was a big thing for us to do was go to basketball games for dates. Um, so I got ready prior um, prior to going to school that day since we were meeting after. So I wanted to look really cute. So I had gotten this um, cute little white skirts and a little black top and like I was looking good. Okay. And God. Okay. So I was in math class and like, I I know nobody probably wants to actually hear this, but like, um, so obviously I was wearing white and I ended up like, I was always like really irregular and like, I could never tell when my period was coming like ever. Like I, I still have issues with that. So you just never know. And, um, I ended up getting my period in the middle of math class and, 
Yeah. And it was like bad. It looked like somebody had slayed my ass. <laughs> and, I mean, white skirt, and I was like so embarrassed. And I remember like, like I, I like raised my hand and the math teacher who actually had had like conference calls with my mom saying that I cared more about my appearance than I did about math. Well, duh. Um, <laughs> so like I already had issues. Like, so having to tell this dude that I needed to get up and leave the middle of the class because of, you know, a female issue was already embarrassing enough. Right. So like I had to raise my hand and tell him. So like he went and then he like got like a flannel shirt. So like, I'm like tying, like trying not to make like a notice that this is happening, you know, like, and I'm like sitting in the middle of the class. So obviously people know, but like, I didn't want anybody to see it. And so like, he gives me this flannel thing. And then like, I remember just like running out of the room. Like I called my mom, she came and got me. So like, I had to leave school. So I had to make separate plans for the guy to actually come and pick me up for the date. Like I said, this is a very layered story and it gets much worse. So, oh no. Um, oh God. When you, as soon as you said white skirt, I was like, this is going to be another nineties movie, Lacey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this, the story is going to take a turn. You guys, it's going to take a turn um that's not that's not the only that's not the only horror thing that happened um so god anyways how does this lead does this lead into the story where you picked up the hooker no that was like (laughs) and then later that night no right no i didn't didn't drive at the time i didn't drive at the time so my date had to end up actually coming to pick me up so like I had to like settle for a less than cute outfit. Like I bought that one specifically for that date. So I was really disappointed. I don't remember. Like, I think I ended up wearing jeans because like nobody wants to wear a skirt when they're PMSing. Um, so he picks me up and we go to the basketball game and I'm still like really excited. Like he didn't know why, like I had left school or anything. Like he doesn't need to know. And so we go to a basketball game and he was just like, Hey, you know what? This is pretty lame. Like, why don't we go to a party? I was like, okay. And I had never (laughs) been to a high school party before. He was two years older than me. He was a junior and I was a freshman. So he takes me to this upperclassman party. And like, I was the only person my age there. And the all the junior and senior girls that were there, they're like, Oh my God, she's so little and cute. Come here. You want a shot? And, um, like, obviously if you know me now, like, obviously <laughs> I can do shots. This is where it began, ladies. <laughs> um, so they're like, yes, shot. And <laughs> I was like, sure. And like, you know, the first time, like you drink alcohol, um, you don't like even really taste it. It just like goes down like water. Cause you, you don't have any reflection to it at that point, you know, like nothing to base it off of. So I did six shots of, I believe it was called Korski vodka, which is like really cheap vodka in a very Mm -hmm. short amount of time. And if anybody knows anything about vodka, like it just creeps on you. Like all of a sudden you're just wasted. And I was like 90 pounds. So I was fucking hit. Right. (laughs) And like, I remember I was like feeling good. And like, we just kept doing shots. And I remember I was like sitting on the guy's lap and he was like, Hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? I was like, fuck yeah. And like, I was wasted. And he was just like, hey, do you want to go inside? And I was just like, sure. And like, we went inside and like, we were making out. And I was like, oh, I got to go home. I got to go home. And like, I come out and someone was like, they just had sex. And like, I was like, 
we did not have sex. I am a virgin. I am a virgin. I'm on my period. And like, yeah, I'm literally like yelling that shit. Like it was so embarrassing. And he took me home and like dropped me off. And like, I'm, I can't get into my house. And so like, I'm trying to, uh, and I'm wasted. I'm fucking hit. And I can't unlock the key or I can't unlock the lock with my key. Finally, I somehow get it. My stepdad's waiting like in the kitchen with with his arms across his chest, like just waiting, like he knows something's (laughs) up. And I stumbled in, I stumbled in. He goes, your daughter's drunk. Like he looks down at my mom who was down. And I was like, I was like, I'm not drunk. drunk. Smell my breath, smell my breath. And so I float down to my mother (laughs) that I am. And I just breathe all this vodka on her. And she goes, oh my God. And then she got drunk. (laughs) So then I go, so she like puts me to bed and she comes in later to check on me. Apparently like I was throwing up in my sleep. She like, I had alcohol poisoning. She throws me in the shower and like, yeah, it was a whole, it was like one of the worst nights of my entire life. I got grounded for an entire month um had to my mom made me quit my job like I couldn't I wasn't allowed to date that guy even though like we secretly dated but it was like so embarrassing so like I remember like going to school and people were like I'm on my period (laughs) 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 so yeah that was that that was my story ladies oh man that's amazing yeah <laughs> wow what a day wow right? i mean what a day. you can't make that shit up no yeah yeah i think that story wins if i, I saw that kinda... in a movie i'd be like oh that's a little over over the top but you know like since it happened to you in real life yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it really happen. fucking happened like that was like it felt like you know super bad yeah that's what it sounds yeah i'm picturing like yeah. and confused like any of those films but I had a period story too, but it was from like sixth grade and we were telling high school stories and that was way better than the story I was going to tell. So, Well, tell it. <laughs> it was just, I was in sixth grade. And Bonus it, story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's always one. And, um, you know, I, I think we, we all probably have period stories. I mean, it's no biggie, but um, oh, same right. as you. <laughs> I didn't know how to... Uh, like I couldn't tell when my period was coming and also my periods were very heavy at that age and I didn't know how to insert a tampon yet so I always wore pads and since I was shy I wasn't the type of kid who was very anxious and didn't want to raise my hand to go to the restroom so I would just hold in my pee all day long at school don't know how I did that because nowadays I have to pee at least 10 times a day at least but anyway so I was sitting in art <laughs> class and um, I was wearing jeans, just regular jeans, and I had my pad on and everything. And I could just, I could just tell things were getting, things were getting kind of mushy under there, if you know what I'm saying. And um, I stood up <laughs> and there was, there was just blood all over the seat in art class. And oh. this, this like popular oh. girl turns around and she's like, um, I think you had an accident. And I'm like, okay, yeah, bitch, I can already see that. But I'm in sixth grade, so I didn't say that. Instead, I started crying, and I went to the teacher, and I was like, I have to go to the nurse, so I don't feel good. And then I went to the nurse, and um, I should have just went home. She kept saying, do you want to, like, go home? And I was like, no, because I also, being an anxious, shy kid, I hated missing school. I didn't want to miss out on anything because I was afraid of makeup work. 
So I was like, no. And then my mom just brought me pants. She was like, do you need her to bring you underwear too? And I wasn't thinking. And I was like, no, I just need new jeans. And she was like, honey, your underwear are probably like, oh, oh, too. Oh I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I guess you're right, nurse. And then my mom showed up, gave me pants. And she was like, are you sure you don't want to go home? And I said, no. Then I went back to class and everyone's like, obviously all these people like knew it. Cause I go back to like my math class now and they're like, Carly, are you okay? They're all being all supportive. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> okay, someone clearly snitched and now the whole, yeah, right. I was on my period. So mm-hmm. yeah. But then I learned about tampons a few years later and everything was okay. <laughs> and no. I knew how to like, you know, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Whenever, when that, I guess that was the more I, tampons really don't make it. Di- if anything, yeah. tampons are probably worse. I don't know yeah. why I even said, that. <laughs> but yeah, I learned how to like, you can't just hold that in. Yeah. Well, you learned your lesson like real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I got my period when I was 11. So it was like, oh, wow, that's young. Yeah, nowadays wow. kids begin them at like eight. So what? wow, but back then, I swear wow. to God, like it's yeah, like everyone's, yeah. Wow. But all right, move on. I was in sixth grade when I started, which I don't know how. I don't know how old I was. What I guess uh, I was probably eleven. Yeah, eleven, right? twelve. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think we topped the hooker story, but it was something. Yeah. <laughs> it was impressive. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It turns out me and that guy didn't work out um really yeah um he ended up he ended up having sex with my best friend oh was she not grounded was that why (laughs) (laughs) we dated on and off for like four years and then like he ended up sleeping with her our senior year of high school and yeah like he was like my first love yeah i remember correctly didn't our stepdad tell him off for bringing you home drunk I wouldn't remember. <laughs> Nikki, do you remember? I, I thought you were. I thought you told me that that he did. I thought he called him out and said, "Don't you ever bring her home like that again." Oh, I wasn't oh home, he did. So that was a yeah. He picked me up for the sweetheart dance uh, two months later after I was done being grounded, and yeah, he said, "You better not bring her home drunk." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that did happen. Fair enough. Uh, of course, I did come home drunk again that night, but that's okay. <laughs> Rebel without a cause. I, I, I hit it a little. I hit it a little bit better that time. You know what? It's not the boyfriend's fault if you get drunk, though. To be fair, you know, like he can't control that's, you. Yeah. He was. He was like, not your babysitter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. True. That is true. Well, he's he was a, he sucked. Anyways, <laughs> uh, he's a best friend fucker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> as you ladies know girl code is important oh yes. yes fun story we never actually slept together so there's that that's probably well did you have sex though with him i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's probably why he slept with my best friend <laughs> no i'm still a virgin we may not today. slept over together but did you bang if this, yeah. if this was cherry yeah. falls heather i would be yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, I see. He obviously right. didn't care. She's about victim well-being. number one. <laughs> yes, I, I'm dead. You've established I would not survive a horror movie. I get it. <laughs> oh, I would die in the first scene. I'd never ever thought otherwise. <laughs> well, that actually brings me into our girl talk game. 
Um, this is actually going to be, um, it's probably a, a little bit of a quick one, but so I'm going to go around and ask you guys a question. Well, it's not really a question. Um, I'll just describe it as this. It's time for a horror themed version of, um, the ultimate game of plot twist. See if you can guess these horror movies from their innocent sounding plot descriptions. Ooh. So I don't even know the answers to them because like you click, I got this from the internet, so nobody Google. Um, but so it like doesn't even reveal the picture until I click reveal. So right. I can play along with you guys. So I thought this would be fun. Okay. All right, so we'll all take a turn at guessing because we might all have different answers. All right, Heather, we'll start with you. All right. A nuclear family spend the winter at a fancy resort where the son discovers he possesses a unique talent. Oh, The Shining. Carly, do you agree with her answer? Uh, yes, as a Shining fan, I think I think I would have to. All she has to do is look behind her. Right, <laughs> for the inspiration. <laughs> Like Danny Torrance is literally behind her, people, in case you don't know. <laughs> Nikki? Yeah, I'll go with the shining as well. Rebecca. Yeah, shining. Yeah, I actually wouldn't have got this, but I'm gonna co-sign to it because it makes sense now. So let's hit <laughs> the shining. Booyah. <laughs> that was that was quick. Like I read that like five times while like we were sitting there bullshitting and I didn't get it. <laughs> it was worded in a interesting way. I will I say. Think nuclear family. I feel like the definition of a nuclear family was like your typical like mom, dad, one boy, one girl. Like I thought it was, the, you know, the 2.5 children thing. Mm-hmm. See, I was mm-hmm. thinking. I don't know. Like, maybe I don't know the definition. I was thinking of like a family that like survived the apocalypse. That's what I, yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Okay. Yeah. Um, Carly, um, I think this one is probably going to be easy, but very fitting from uh, your last story you told. An unpopular Mm -hmm. high school girl dreams of going to prom, (laughs) and it turns out to be a life-changing experience after she gets herself out of a sticky situation. Ew. Carrie. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) co-signed to that one. everybody carry oh and you know what now we've just traumatized carly because it's like that she started her period at school too (laughs) i'm over here shaking back and forth (laughs) (laughs) i'm noticing a stephen king theme uh it is carrie yeah (laughs) all right Uh, yeah so far all right rebecca after a long departure, a young man finally returns to his quiet hometown on his favorite holiday. Um, Halloween? I mean, that could be a lot, but I'm sure it's Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, that was good. That is Halloween. Yay. That was that one was a little bit trippy. Actually, I mean, it, you could even say like Blood Rage fits that. There are a lot of movies that fit that. That one's not, you know, not too fair. Right. All right, Nikki. A successful mm-hmm. author is inspired to write the ultimate fan fiction after heroic rescue. Misery. <laughs> is everybody co-sign? 
agree. Yeah. Yeah. These are really easy. I should have wrote some and really tripped you bitches up. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Heather. A couple of avid cinephiles make a few prank phone calls that ultimately lead them to celebrating the closure of a high school. Oh, scream. Well, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Duh, I love it. (laughs) Well, this one might be tricky. I see. I think some of them are hard. I don't know. A close, uh, this goes to Carly, a close knit group of explorers experience a huge breakthrough while returning from their latest mission. I, I I just know this is something stupid, and I'm like, <laughs> a close Wait. group of explorers. Close knit ex- mm. a, a close knit, thing. A close knit group of explorers experience a huge breakthrough while returning from their latest mission. Alien. Same with Heather. Oh yeah, maybe alien. Maybe. That's a good guess too, Carly. Alien was my guess. Nikki, it's a good one. So they would have had to. I don't know. The descent is coming to mind, but they don't. I don't That's think what I ret- thought they, too. They don't return, and that one, I don't think. So Alien. I mean, they don't return, but they're returning. I think. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I thought. All right. Should we reveal it? But see the thing, like Heather said. I mean, the thing. I mean, they came back from like you know going out to try to you know do their little mission with the dogs and stuff. So that would fit as well. Mm-hmm. All uh, right, the answer is alien. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. See, that one was a little bit harder. Yeah. Fuck Ripley. Anyways, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebecca. Oh. A young man with disability yeah. but limitless ambition rises above his fears and finds redemption on his own terms. Okay, this could be literally anything, but I'm going with Friday the 13th. Yeah, good guess. I mean, and it's not even really that movie, but I'm guessing that's where they're going with it. See, my first thought was uh, maybe Unbreakable. But can you read? What did you? Can yeah, you read that again? A young man with disabilities but limitless ambition rises above his fears and find redemption on his own terms. See, that's why I think it's unbreakable because Mr. Glass, you know, he um he had a bunch of disabilities, right? But he rose above and he yeah, found redemption true. on his own. Like that's why, you know, that's why I think it's him, but I could be wrong. Like, I, that's why I think it's unbreakable. But and I, I would probably say Friday part two would be more, I, I don't yeah. know how, you know, granular these people are getting. I would probably go with Friday part two, too, because that would make more sense than part one. All right, Nikki. We got a stumper. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I do not know. Um, I guess I'll go with you, Lacey, and say Unbreakable. And Heather? Yeah, I agree with Rebecca. I think it's um, Friday. 
Well, they actually got it wrong because it's Friday the 13th. No, oh. <laughs> but so but they yeah. got it wrong. But so they're they they're stupid. Yeah, they're yeah. Stupid. We know See, more. I should have wrote more. You know, I, I might do this at another time and just write my own. And make up your own. And really, yeah. We should we should do that to we should all do that to each other. All right, Nikki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A woman discovers the joys of motherhood and learning how to roll with the punches of being a parent. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. That's what I would have said. Mm. It's probably, but it could be like a lot of movies too, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, what about Damien? Like the Omen. That's true too, but I think it's Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I would mm. agree with that. That's a good guess. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that too, just because. I feel like whoever made this list is a basic bitch, and that seems like <laughs> the basic bitch answer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. And Rosemary's baby, it is. Hmm. But at least we're having fun. You're going to throw one stuff. in that's going to be some obscure movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got two more left. All right. After rescuing a stray dog, a group of scientists learn to think as one as the animal slowly grows on them. Clifford. (laughs) 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 Okay, JK. Who's the thing, right? Stray dog? Yeah, that one's the thing. Yeah. 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 He's not really. You don't think it's Cujo? Oh, I Dude. wish it was Cujo, but it's not. It's the thing. Yeah, I think oh. it's the thing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that description didn't go with what happens in Cujo. Lady locked in car while dog plays outside would probably right. be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Cujo a stray dog? I need to rewatch Cujo. You probably don't. You probably <laughs> do. <laughs> but uh, you don't. <laughs> you guys are right. It is the thing. <laughs> All right. Last one, ladies. A low-level employee gains the notoriety he deserves in his town after coming back from a tragic accident. Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you guys are good. Like, I suck at this. Yeah, I didn't... Low-level employee? Is that a thing? Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I guess I'll go with that. Well, I mean, he was a janitor. (laughs) Yeah, that's why that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm not a big nightmare person. Not that we wait, think that's a low-level job. Just I was going to say, wait to degrade all the janitors. listeners out there, I did not write Unionized these. Unionized benefits. And clear, yeah, and clearly we're not basic bitches either. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. these do not reflect our opinions. It is a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> but, yeah. These so. questions remind me of the Senate board game. They're worded in the same <gasps> way, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, hang on. Let me see here. So I feel like that went by pretty. Yeah, we need to develop the advanced version of this game. Okay. um, Here's, should we, do you want me to ask you a few more questions? Sure, if you think they're clever. Well, uh, (laughs) no, 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 I didn't mean it like that. Like, if you think they're interesting, then yeah. For sure, I didn't mean man it. wears 
man wears skin on face and lives with family. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Trying to think of what other, trying to think of what other basic bitch things we're missing here. (laughs) To be fair, they're they're worded okay. Like, they're worded cleverly. It's just like, you know that it's going to be a basic movie. So it's like, you don't, you know, there's no Yeah, you don't have to rack your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's one of the questions. A rogue great white shark is devouring swimmers. Oh my God. The mayor closed the beach because it's tourist season. Now it's up to the police chief, a scientist, and a grizzled shark hunter to end the shark's reign of terror. Oh man, what could it be? It gives you multiple choice. The (laughs) bank. Sharknado. Cruel jaws. It came from beneath or jaws. Jaws part two. I go with Cruel Jaws. I agree with Carly. It's Cruel Jaws. <laughs> yeah, these are these are, yeah, very basic. So I don't think, you know, like a family her voice calling out from the TV. Like, come on. Serial <laughs> killer oh my is God. kidnapping and killing Large women. Gorilla terrorizes <laughs> New York. Right. <laughs> <laughs> A, child a child's toy comes to life. Angry parents. Yeah, these, <laughs> are all, <laughs> these are all so easy. Like they could have like just stopped, but they like over-explained the plot. Yeah. <laughs> like a priest is brought in to help a young girl who's there. Are probably people listening to this right me. now. Oh, oh god. <laughs> oh no no no. Okay, this has to be the 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 icing of the cake, guys. A group of figurines, including Blade, Jester, Pinhead, and Leech Woman. They fucking named. Oh. They fucking named. <laughs> they named them. They named them. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, you're giving it everything away. Oh, my God. Wow. Because you know what they're thinking. They're like, oh, Puppet Master, this one's super obscure. We got to give them a little extra something. Yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like these, yeah. I'm like none of these are like. I mean, I I, I wouldn't know this one probably. A disfigured man, his face disguised by a prosthetic replica, extracts revenge on those he believes are responsible for his wife's death, murdering them with elaborate schemes based on the ten biblical plagues. The Crucible of Terror, the Abdominal Doctor Fibs. And I monster. Or Dr. Phoebes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It won't let me click on it, but that would have been the only one, yeah. That like I mean, I it's like, would you have gone with Saw maybe or seven? You know, like I think that one actually we could have that would have stumped us. Right? Mm. Like we needed more like questions like that, I guess. But I mean there were so like the, I feel like that quiz that we just did was probably like the basic of the most basic. <laughs> Like there are so many 80s slashes. So, so anybody who's listening who Yeah, anybody who's listening and you're like, wow, I really didn't know any of them, go watch some movies, okay? Right. That's, that's <laughs> a lesson of the story here. And yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that concludes our girl talk topic game and segment. When we come back, we will be hella fighting with some of our co-host picks. We don't need no education. 
we are back with my favorite segment, guys. Pillow fight. Um, this one I think is a bit of a treat because um, actually reached out to our co-hosts or people that know us really well um, that picked movies specifically based off of movies they think that we have not seen. Um, so the co-host and Uncle Kevin <laughs> picked for Nikki uh, because she does a YouTube channel. Um and she will actually be guesting on his show soon, uh, Soundtrack Kev's podcast. Um, nice. So he picked uh, two movies for her. And then uh, Rebecca for In the Mic of Madness, Venom picked for you. Uh, Carly, obviously, J-Pig. Yeah. Heather, Scott Crawford. Daddy. <laughs> Smoke Show. And then uh, for me obviously uh dan chase and i mean i have more than one co-host so Derek will be next on that pick list if we ever do this again so Derek should pick 10 for us he knows all of us and he's got some really quirky things he could give us oh god well i mean mm-hmm. on there here he picks movies for me all the time <laughs> yeah. true so there's that um so the movies that these co-hosts picked, which uh, the girls do not actually know who picked what I personally do because I was the one who reached out, obviously. Um, but the movies that were chosen uh, for this pillow fight segment are The Tenant, Nightbreed, Oculus, The White Reindeer, Out of the Dark, Demon Knight, Dead Alive, The Vanishing, Tokyo Zombie, and Event Horizon. What a hodgepodge. <laughs> Oh my god! You can oh, be yeah. more of a yeah. hard hodge. And, what nineteen fifty two to two thousand eight? I think is the yeah. range. <laughs> is that the, is that the yeah. most recent one? Two thousand eight. Uh, Oculus is two thousand eight. I think. No, Oculus well, gotta be oh, that's newer. I think that's like two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Maybe uh, is it that? Yeah. Regardless, very wide range. <laughs> All right, without giving anything away, guys, of, of how you feel about oh, yeah. these movies, um, how many had you actually seen? One. I've seen one. What was the one that you had seen? Oculus. Oculus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nikki? I thought that I had only seen one, but I have actually had seen three of them. Oh. <laughs> well, what three were those? Um, I Well, Demon Knight, Oculus, and Nightbreed. I had seen already and when i watched them again i remembered having watched them (laughs) well there we go carly uh two and that was oculus and nightbreed uh rebecca uh so i actually cataloged this on my way home there were three that i hadn't seen that would be the white reindeer uh tokyo zombie and uh the tenant and then there were uh, one of these, one of the movies of these three is like one of my top movies of all time. So I had already seen in recent memory Dead Alive, Oculus, and Out of the Dark. And then the other four, so Demon Knight. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> anybody want to help me here? Nightbreed. Uh, the vanishing and whatever the other movie is, <laughs> I had not 
seen like in this millennium. Okay, but so I've it seen had been, it, it had been some time before you'd seen There we go. <laughs> and for me, I had only honestly seen one out of um, all of these. I had well. All right, so the vanishing is actually um, the original. I had actually seen the American. Right, I've seen seven. Four of them were. Yeah, I had only seen um, Demon Knight and the remake of the Vanishing. I had not seen this version of it, which is completely different than the remake. Mm, interesting. Um, so I would say our co-host did pretty good. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. of picking out films that they think that we, we hadn't seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did pretty good. Considering I saw one of them. So. <laughs> now, when you've seen this list of films, were you guys a little bit intimidated or were you excited to watch them or were you dreading them? I was dreading one in <laughs> one in particular and I think I know who chose it. Because they bothered me to watch it for a long time. Um, because I thought it was going to be stupid. It was. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was entertaining. And I'm glad I, I watched it. Do you want me to give the name or do you want to wait? Oh, we can wait. Um, okay. Just kind of wanted some yep. general thoughts on the idea okay. of the premise. I mean, this is the back to school edition because, you know, kids are now back to school and I uh, just kind of want to do something fun. And our feature review is Cherry Falls, which takes place mainly in a high school mm-hmm. um, for the most part. So and in an orgy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, which neither Rebecca and I got invited to, by the way, uh, fuck. whatever. <laughs> Um, all right, so what we're going to do for this pillow fight, guys, is uh, we're actually going to pit um, them individually up against each other. The co-hosts still don't know who picked what, so, as I mean, I do, but uh, our spoiler alert, I guess, um, our co-hosts at the end of the segment, once we've determined what is the best film that our co-hosts picked, um, they all have sent in clips to why they picked these for us. So I think that's kind of cool and special. So, oh, so we're so going to go. Of them. <laughs> um, what I would like to do for this ladies is actually um, without revealing who you think it was that picked the film, uh, just give uh, your general mini review of the film. And then, uh, then we'll get into the debate portion if that's okay. Okay, sure. Yeah. Great. All right. <laughs> so the first two that are going head to head. Number one, we have Nightbreed versus Out of the Dark. All right. Let's start with Heather. Well, uh, Nightbreed is from my, my boy, David Crodenberg, filmed in Calgary, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I really enjoyed some of their lame Canadian references they made throughout the movie. <laughs> it really cracked me up. One point they said they were going to the rodeo, and that was definitely a Canadian joke for anyone from Calgary. Um, very good movie, though. Um, excellent special effects, especially for the time that it came out. I, I'm not a big fantasy fan. But I really liked how this kind of bridged the line of reality and fantasy quite a bit. I thought the characters were likable. David Kronberg isn't the best actor, but I thought 
as the antagonist, he did a pretty good job. Um, you know, the message throughout it as well is is quite powerful. Out of the Dark was like the sleaziest fun movie I've ever watched. <laughs> I like obviously for those who don't know, it's about a sex line and murders that are happening. And I kind of thought I knew who the killer was at the beginning. I'm like, oh no, it can't be that easy. It was. Um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is fine um you know very very kind of that 1980s what is it that used to be on like baby blues or whatever it is or like just kind of sexy kind of cheesy um yeah it's like a lot of fun um a lot of fun both very unique different films um definitely I took Night Read a little bit serious more seriously but I I did enjoy it out of the dark as well for what it was Rebecca. Um, so Nightbreed, I I do love my Hellraiser, but this one has really eluded me. I have tried to watch it many times. I appreciate it for what it is. I appreciate uh, the creatures are great. Uh, David Cronenberg, when he's just like, I, I know how to talk to him. <laughs> Whatever, like some of the things in it are, are cheesy, but like it just it, I don't know like I can't not compare it to Hellraiser so I've always had like a little chip on my shoulder about that one uh I did enjoy it but I I am not like Heather said I am not into fantasy like I'm more in like there's the, you know the guy peels his face off and everything but other than that it's pretty you kind of you know I, I want to say like Lion Witch in the Wardrobe kind of thing mm-hmm. um to, I mean to me um, Out of the Dark was a movie I wanted to watch for a really long time, and I don't know if it just got caught up in, you know, uh, rights or whatever. Um, and only in the last six months, maybe, it's been available on something, Shutter or got leaked on YouTube, I don't know. So I only watched it um, then, but it, it was truly my, like, uh, my level of cheese. Um, and yeah, I knew who the killer was, like in the first like 10 minutes of the movie but it doesn't matter (laughs) i don't care (laughs) carly yes so like i said i'd seen um nightbreed before um and i'm kind of with rebecca it's one where i well i reviewed it on uh my movie versus movie pod no it was the body bags podcast that we did before movie versus movie and um i was the one who actually picked the film for that and then i regretted it because it took me like three watches to try to fully pay (laughs) attention to it um this time around i probably paid attention to it you know the best because i was like okay i gotta gotta focus doing this on a podcast again have to actually talk about it and it is a good movie it's got good effects um i'm kind of with heather where it's cool that it kind of goes from reality to fantasy because i'm not a huge fantasy fan either so you do have some reality there um i like david cronenberg in it i like um his whole like his mask and everything and those aspects to it's where it almost feels slasher-esque at times um and like i said uh good effects and really good set pieces and design but i know people love this movie and it's uh, for some people it's like their favorite of all time but for me it really just comes down to it's not my personal taste um and it's not something i would ever sit down and be like, yeah, going to curl up to a good old night breed tonight. Um, and it's also a very long movie. So I'm kind of just like, eh, 
you know, not really feeling it. Uh, like I said, this is probably the best watch I've had with it, but it's, it's just not really for me. Um, Out of the Dark, on the other hand, I'd never heard of the movie. Um, I looked, looked it up on Google. I was like, oh, that's a cool poster with like the clown type of mask and everything. I was like, it must be a slasher. Um, and I, I think I had a really fun time with this movie. I was surprised um, by how much I did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, it is ridiculous, and I agree. I did know who the killer was. Um, I was also in the camp of it can't be that obvious, kind of like with Summer of 84, where you're watching that movie thinking this can't be that obvious, but it certainly is in this movie, <laughs> and that's okay, though. Like you guys said, it's all it's just a fun, easy-to-watch film, um, and almost feels more like a crime thriller at times than a slasher because there's not like a ton of kills in it but um i still enjoy what you do get and uh i think the characters are entertaining and i love the whole job thing where they're like operating the phone sex line or whatever i just think it's a pretty cool unique plot so yeah that's about it nikki yeah so with Nightbreed. This was one of the films I thought that I had not seen. And then when Lacey and I watched it together, I remembered I had seen it, but I also remembered that I thought the story was pretty forgettable, which was probably why I didn't remember having previously watched it. I, too, love the Hellraiser vibes in the film. I think the makeup is done impeccable and very detail-oriented. So I definitely feel this this film is visually captivating in terms of the different creatures in the film. And the fantasy element really brought that out. But the storyline still went over my head. And I still find it pretty forgettable, even though I've rewatched it for out of the dark i thought this film was absolutely hilarious and lacy and i we were texting back and forth while we were watching it and there's a scene within this film where there's like a there's a, a gal who's modeling and she's like having photos being taken of her and i just remember lacy texting me saying because we were having issues with like a little bit of like buffering when we were trying to watch it. And um, Lacey's like, yeah, I'm at the scene with the, um, the Kelly Kapowski photo shoot. And I'm like, I, you know, you probably mean the rated R Kelly Kapowski photo shoot because yeah. <laughs> Kelly Kapowski, if you know, she's mm-hmm. uh, from stay well, by the bell. Well, no, Cause there's an episode, <laughs> there's an episode where she does, you know, the calendar. Mm-hmm. It was totally, rem- it was, it was definitely an X-rated version of that. It did. Mm-hmm. It looked a lot like, she looked a lot like Kelly Kapowski for sure. Not as hot um, as Tiffany Amber Thiessen, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but <laughs> my favorite part about this film is definitely the ending. After it got over, I actually rewound it back and videoed it on my my phone because I thought it was so funny. 
And like, I like if I'm having a bad day, I'm going to just go watch that. (laughs) (laughs) It was seriously the funniest thing I had seen in a long time. So this movie definitely put a smile on my face and I'm glad that I that I watched it. You're just like, you know what? Like if I ever find a clown mask when Anthony tells me to go find candles, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to watch this and laugh. (laughs) To find candles. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> isn't that what he asked her to do I, yeah yeah yeah, yeah oh, in the movie right like, this right movie does have kind of a ritualistic effect to it you'd want to light candles to sit down and watch it for sure i, I see anthony <laughs> like saging things like asking her to find the sage maybe yes we yeah. we do we do sage things from time to time oh no okay so i we have to briefly tell this story nikki so uh me and dan went on vacation and nikki watched jules while we were gone which is our dog and for those that don't know and uh oh everybody knows honey everybody knows (laughs) and i'm such a dog mom freak i'm like send me regular updates videos show me my baby (laughs) um and so nikki was sending me she was taking a video on jules (laughs) yeah jules was modeling for me and all of a sudden jules like looks at our basement and anthony's coming up the stairs with a plate of sage and just like staging the house like i didn't anticipate catching that on film and (laughs) and i sent it to lazy (laughs) jules is ready for the ritual (laughs) i was like are you trying to sacrifice my dog (laughs) sage is clear clears away negative energy lacy oh i know i'm just i'm just being funny (laughs) <laughs> but it, it was a, it's a really don't, funny video but don't bring that around my dog anymore <laughs> <laughs> like she's gonna inhale the smoke <laughs> no <laughs> no uh no actually once we got back from vacation Jules was so much better and um she's been really great so I really appreciate Nikki watching her while I was gone so thank you hmm. aging her see Good. that's why she's better because of the state stage right she Good. loves mm-hmm. Nikki. Good vibes. she loves Aunt Nikki and Uncle Anthony <laughs> all right uh <laughs> off topic I suppose there uh I guess no. my mini reviews of these two films of Nightbreed and Out of the Dark which both I had never seen um Nightbreed we'll start with um the first thing I noticed noticed right off the bat was um, Uncle Keith from One Tree Hill, Craig Schaefer. Um, like I have never seen him like in anything else, so <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Like because I was a big uh, One Tree Hill fan. And uh, did you guys ever watch that show? Oh, like a long no, time ago, maybe one a... or two episodes. Maybe. Oh, yeah, babe, you're the you're the CW girl of this group. You're a okay. CW guru. Yeah, but I feel like I'm a guru of a lot of things, but uh, I do have that extra knowledge. So oh, no, 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 no. And we all, we, we all are, but you're, if we had to, like, if we had to be pitted up against, like, a team, like, in hell, and it was like, okay, <laughs> this category is CW, we'd be like, Lacey, Lacey, you go, right? You're gonna, you're gonna drag us out of hell. <laughs> Because you know this worthless CW trivia. Right. Which is Craig Schaefer. People are going to be like. Who is the lead in this film. Which was. I'm sorry. It was just really weird. Because I was like. Hey that's Uncle Keith. Um, I think anybody Mm -hmm. that has watched that show. Will know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, Yeah. This movie. uh, Clive Barker. Um, 
You can definitely tell it's a Clive Barker story. Yeah. I watched this movie <laughs> because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> I like the honesty. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Lacey. I, I mean, I'm just being honest. Um, so positives. No. I, I do think that uh, the masks and the makeup were very, very well done. Very well done. Um, I did like, you know, the outer lining issues of who is the actual villain in this. Um, you know, I, I liked the light into dark, uh, dark is not necessarily dark. It's more light. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm going to make sense at all. Um, the anti-heroes of the story, I guess I, I like that aspect of it. It wasn't necessarily just, um, it, it's a monster movie, but the monsters aren't necessarily the villains, if that makes sense. Um, so I appreciated that yeah. aspect of it, but I was just so fucked. Like, I think this movie was like almost two hours long. And God, it was a struggle. Yeah, because we all watched the we all watched that director's cut, right? That yes. cobble cut or whatever. It yeah. was just mm. so long and so overdrawn in my opinion. Like I was like this, like you could definitely tell a dude chose this movie for us to watch. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dude and, who played D and D when he was a teenager. Like <laughs> this, this is a, like these movies you can tell were picked by a dude. Like, I, I mean, is that not obvious, guys? What do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I'm so laughing at Rebecca's yeah. D&D cup. <laughs> um, yeah. Guys, guys love Nightbreed, I'll tell you that. They really do. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, no, this they had do. a lot of hits on, because, um, you know, I post every movie that I watch, right? So mm-hmm. um, it got a lot of fucking likes. And most of them were dudes and some chicks, uh, but mostly dudes. But it's a popular movie. It's just not necessarily my kind of movie. I'm so glad I'm not alone on this. I thought I was going to be the only yeah. one. If I can interject for two seconds. So my initial, <laughs> my initial experience with this movie was I was like 16, 17. I had brought this home from the video store <laughs> that I worked at. And then gone out with my girlfriends and got completely fucking trashed. We were so drunk. I don't even know how the fuck we got back to my house. Get back and my mom is awake. And I'm like trying so hard to be sober. And I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to watch Nightbreed, okay? Go to bed. We're just going to watch Nightbreed, okay? Okay. We're just going to watch Nightbreed, okay? You know, I pop it in. I, I, I can remember about the first 30 seconds. That was like my only thing of it and I have gone back to it so many times I'm like dude I mean that was a bad night dude I think I was like puking up in my nose trying to hide from my mom on my back porch so maybe I had a bad attitude about it but no every time I go back to it I just I I can't get into it yeah it, it was a tough one but I mean like I can see why people like it but I can also see why I don't why dudes like it yeah basically it's a dudes movie it is and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know either. Right. Um, and then the second film, Out of the Dark. Um, obviously, I have the advantage of knowing who picked what, right? So I'm not going to, like, tell you who picked it. Um, but as I was watching it, I was like, this person picked this. 
that makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And it will all make sense once their uh, voice clips come in later. Um, but I did have fun with it. And I mean, I, I like slashers and it has, uh, you know, Fred from Valley Girl, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And, and um, this movie also didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> like, no. I, I still don't understand why this person was killing, uh, you know, uh, the phone yeah. workers. But I, or, I, or or his girlfriend who absolutely adored him even when she knew he was a killer. Right. Like, <laughs> all right, spoilers, but it doesn't Look, matter. Bobo doesn't know what he's doing. Podcast. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think one of these movies is a lot more enjoyable to watch than the other, but I guess we'll find out where it boils down to. Um, should we get into uh, what we pick is the winner out of these two? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's obvious. On all, <laughs> pick Nightbreed. <laughs> Heather, yeah. I, no, I seriously pick Nightbreed. Yeah, I like really? Nightbreed a lot. I think it's, I think it's exceptionally well oh, made. Oh, yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm the only one, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just Carly. want to put it out there. Carly? Yeah, I don't pick Nightbreed. I pick Out of the Dark um, just because I found that one very entertaining. I mean, Nightbreed is clearly, technically, probably the better movie, but Out of the Dark, just that one sat right with me. Nikki? Yeah, definitely going with Out of the Dark just because it, I, I still think about how funny it is. And I think that's a movie that I could return to. Nightbreed is not one that I will be watching, rewatching. Rebecca? Out of the Dark. <laughs> it's your friendly Dr. Bobo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just find um, one of these is more simplistic than the other and more enjoyable and like nikki said i love my nighty shit and kelly kapowski or no rebecca said i love my nighty shit i'm sorry um yeah yeah i have to go with out of the dark i mean i'm a slasher girl um i do appreciate uh the fact that nightbreed was chosen because um otherwise had it not been for this podcast i would have never fucking watched that movie ever um so i'm glad that i've seen it and now i know i don't like it and i can move on with my life <laughs> right. Like I mean, it's just here. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I liked it enough to, you know, give it credence on the podcast. I, I, I feel like we talked, you know, enough about it. So, out of the dark, just for the record, I did not, I did not hate any of these. Heather said this off the air. Yes, but, but I'll say it here. I did not hate any of these. I, all of them had merit in some way. Uh, yeah, the, the thing that I most appreciated about this is the fact that I knew who picked what and I could see why they picked it. And um, even though necessarily I didn't get as much enjoyment out of watching these films that uh, the co-hosts that chose these films, um, I love that they're going to have their opportunity to say why they did. And we'll just leave it at that. So, um, out of co-host picks, uh, back to school edition, uh, Nightbreed is number 10. Dun, dun, dun. And out of the dark moves on. Are we ready for the next battle, you guys? Yep. Yes. Yeah. We have Oculus 
versus Tokyo Zombie. (laughs) (laughs) You just gave the... That was me. All right. right. We'll start with you then. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like that snarky kid in the classroom that they're like, oh, do you have something to say? Um, (laughs) Okay, so, yeah. um, I guess start with Oculus then. Um, Oculus is a that's the other film oddly enough that i had seen before and uh i remember i really liked it um on this rewatch i liked it again i think it's a pretty solid film um i think it's creepy i remember when i first saw it i thought it was going to be like a typical you know ghostly jump out at you jump scare type of just you know blah whatever but um you know someone had recommended it to me so I watched it and I was really surprised by it um I like how it's not really what you think and um I like the dynamic of the brother and sister I like the kid version of them I think that they are really good actors um it kind of reminds me of a way of like frailty or something where just the parents start doing weird shit out of nowhere and then the kids are like what the hell and they don't know what to do and they don't know if they should listen to their dad and everything and I think that's kind of terrifying to be in that situation and just be like is something going on here why are our parents acting like this and then of course you get the whole outcome and everything and you see what happens um and like I said, there's there are creepy moments in this that I enjoy as well um, that definitely got me. And all in all, I think Oculus is a pretty solid flick. Um, you know, is it the most rewatchable film? I wouldn't say so. Like, it's not one that I would pop on w- once a month or anything like that. But every once in a while, you know, I could definitely revisit it. Um now for Tokyo Zombie, this is one of the ones uh, call back to you asking if we were dreading any of these movies. Um, I was definitely dreading this. Um, for one, it's from like the 2000s and that's kind of a wonky era at times. Two, it's a zombie movie and, uh, you know, I'm not really that into that subgenre. It's definitely one of my least favorite subgenres of horror. Same, girl, same. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I just, I don't know. I, I find them boring for the most part or just over the top cheesy. And then, you know, third of all, it was a foreign film. So I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, I did watch this dubbed. I don't know if there's, that's just like the version I found of it. Um, and I was surprisingly entertained by it. Like, I didn't think it was too bad. I thought this is going to be impossible for me to pay attention to. I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I did find it entertaining. There were like, scenes in it that reminded me of other movies all there was like at the beginning it reminded me of like dumb and dumber or something like that in a way with them like traveling in the truck and everything and then you know by the end of the movie it kind of like turns a little bit halfway through and I thought that was kind of interesting uh plot wise so um overall I did I actually was pleasantly surprised by it now would I watch this one ever again No, I wouldn't unless (laughs) I had to for a podcast, which I don't think I ever will because it's another movie I'd never heard of, but it's one of those obscure ones. It's kind of cool to see pop up on a list like this to kind of, you know, force you to watch something that you would never choose to watch on your own. So, yes. That was not worthy. What? Jeez, girl. No, it wasn't. 
No, yeah. Like, I mean, I thought you were just going to, like, just slam the fuck out of one of these. I was when more you go- like... Yeah, right more i was more at like the combination it seemed like a very mm. odd combo to pair up to yeah. each other so well, i mean it's randomly drawn true that's a fair that. statement and there there are very few movies out of this batch that you could pair up together and it be kind of a fair thing you know what true i'm just gonna leave you guys can finish no you yeah rebecca be careful, okay. Carly. Do we need to get our fighting list going? What you right. say? Punching my cousin, I'll knock you right, out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carly, right, gonna Rebecca. knock you out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna go opposite on um on things. So Tokyo Zombie. I'm. You know, I like I like Asian horror. I like. I don't like zombie stuff anymore because I feel like it's been overdone. This one right. still was from the 2000s, so it's like, okay, maybe it was before everything was overdone. Then it's like a horror comedy and there's, I'm sorry, but the bar was set very, very fucking high with zombie horror comedy with Shaun of the Dead. Right. Like no other movie is ever going to even get close to that. So, you know, I have that to contend with. Um, so I did watch this with one earbud in at work. Uh, luckily, it was the dub version uh, that actually hindered it for me. Um. Because when you've got this Asian guy talking like a surfer dude, <laughs> it kind of takes you out of it. But it's like, at least I could get out of it what I needed to get out of it. Uh, first half of it, I was pretty entertained. It really was. It was kind of Shaun of the Dead, um, you know, buddy movie, uh, you know, like a couple losers, blah, blah, blah. Then the second half went into, it almost reminded me of a Dead Rising 2, the video game. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that or played it. Um, and a little bit of Shaun of the Dead, they did this too. Like the whole idea of like, okay, well now the zombies are like quote unquote tamed. Now let's have some sort of, you know, reality show or a, a you know, a, a game show or whatever, which totally, I'm sorry, would happen. Um, but like, I felt like the first half, the first half I was really entertained. The second half was okay. But that could have been condensed into about 20 minutes. And I didn't understand why the bald dude still had like some kind of uh, human uh, abilities. But then like his friend didn't once he or or, or none of the other zombies. Like, why was that one guy? Because he had cancer, maybe. I don't know. Um. So there are a few things, and then you know you get the you get the feces cannon, and I'm I am a sucker for a good poop joke, and I was even like, what? There's just a a poop cannon that that made no sense to me. Like if it makes no sense to me, then there's no point in it. Oculus, however, is one of the movies that I have watched uh, that I actually own. Um, I am a Mike Flanagan fan girl, a, a flan girl, if you will. Uh, he can be wrong in my a flan girl. I love right. <laughs> I, I'm sure somebody else has already said that copywritten. And, um, I don't get whatever. Now this, now this whole podcast, whatever. It was clever he, to me at this point in stature of night, Rebecca. He can do no wrong. Karen Gilliam, I think that's how you say her name. She is so relatable in this, and I just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel something like. 
the whole, like, she's so driven to do something. I feel that in my soul. That is actually probably one, uh, you know, it's probably my top 50 movies or whatever. Uh, Tokyo Zombie, I would like to watch it again with the actual dialogue and just the subtitles. I feel like I get more out of it, but I'm going to have to go with the Oculus 100%. Well, we weren't actually uh, picking what film yet. But now we know. Well, okay. Then I pick (laughs) Oculus. I, I pick you, Oculus. <laughs> I choose you. Yes. I choose you. <laughs> Liz Schmidt, she got what I was talking about last episode. <laughs> the Ralph Wiggum syndrome. She got it. All right, Nikki. Okay, I'll start with Tokyo Zombie. Please so- do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, So when I heard the title of this film, I was super stoked because zombie films are actually one of my favorite horror genres. And I appreciate anyone who, you know, doesn't like that genre. I just grew up and around watching a lot of zombie films that I love. So when I heard the the title was Tokyo Zombie, um, I was like, oh, awesome. It's going to be a foreign zombie film. So, I mean... Obviously, I didn't think that it was going to be like the film Train to Busan, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Um, But when this film started going and the opening scene happened with the two main characters, I was like, oh, this is going to be so funny because I I loved the dynamic they had when they were doing the jujitsu in the, the beginning. And then in the span of... 20 minutes this film took a different turn for me and there are some things that I I mean I'm not one to cancel things (laughs) Um, but this film something didn't sit right with me while I was watching it because they there's a lot of um, they poke a lot of fun around the issue of pedophilia and Mm -hmm when I see that in a film, it, it it never sits right with me. I did keep watching the film to give it a valiant effort for about another 10 or 15 minutes. But when I kept seeing that the jokes just kept progressing in that area, I, I shut it off. I didn't even finish it. So if the film did have any redeeming qualities, I don't know what they are. So when it comes to the other film, Oculus, I actually really, really dug this film. I too loved the dynamic between the brother and the sister and the scene where she's trying to get her brother to see the truth about this mirror. They're like out in another room and they come back in And the cameras that she had set up in the room, they're like facing each other. And she, it's just, it was just like surreal to see something so psychological take place in a horror film. And I too am a fan of Mike Flanagan as well. So you're I, a Flan girl. You're a Flan yeah, girl. I'm a, I'm a flan, yeah, I'm a Flan. Yeah, I'm a Flan girl. Copyright. <laughs> Copyright slumber party massacre podcast probably not but you know just in case yeah 
Um, but yeah, I thought Oculus was very well done. I loved the flashbacks that tell the story behind this mirror and how in the present moment now, how they were trying to figure out what really went on in the past and how that leads up to the climatic ending. I thought it was, I thought it was phenomenal. Oculus is a very well done film. All right, Heather. Uh, first of all, I want to acknowledge what you said, Nikki. I found parts of that difficult too. And we were talking about Tokyo Zombie. Um, yeah. So you weren't alone in that. <laughs> um, I don't find pedophilia over funny either. I don't think any of us do, of course. But I, I found that I think there was some kind of joke there that I wasn't getting, obviously. So I just wanted to acknowledge that before I went further. Um, so I'll start off talking zombie besides the pedophilia part I got the point that it was like a silly film I I dig Carly's points about the dumb and dumber vibe I think that's a really fair assessment I I did I agree with Rebecca about the zombie fighting ring I thought that was clever as well too we've seen that in other films since then um one recently I think I watched last year that was a little bit more of a serious tone but oh um Peninsula had that I think um the the sequel to train to Basan right had a scene mm. like that right so um obviously more serious than, <laughs> than this scene was I I did dig the two main characters I did think there were funny parts throughout it I did think it was very much um an Asian comedy horror film and I did appreciate it for that for that purpose uh in terms of Oculus I remember hearing about Oculus because I used to be a big wrestling fan and this was co-produced with WWE Studios. And I remember, really? yeah. How yeah. did I not know that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember when it came out, I was like, holy shit, they did something good. This was the only film I think they ever made that really made money. What um, do besides you mean? maybe the Zeno Marine. Evil made money. Not compared to probably what this one made. You know, you had Mike Flanagan directing it. Um, but was he a big name at that time? Well, he had made other stuff at this time, I'm pretty sure. I don't think this was his first film. Well, no, Absentia was. Right. I don't think he was a big name until probably. Well, we would have to look at the budget, but I really don't think Sino Evil made as much as this. I could be wrong. I don't know. No, you're probably right, but. Right. (laughs) What was that, Rebecca? (laughs) (laughs) Please keep that in. um but but bottom line at oculus you know besides wwe being part of it or mike flanagan the plot of it's very interesting there's a lot of folklore about the mirror uh one of my favorite scenes is where uh, i think it's it's a kayla she's eating it's the apple <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> rebecca you're you're auto-tuning bad girl rebecca your audio is bad right now yeah what i can't the, hear you what the fuck no, oh, we heard that. Oh, she's pissed. We heard you say what the fuck. We heard that. It's hard, harsh. All right, um, you, you sound better. Oh yeah, I sound good now. Um. So anyway, where she goes to bite uh, the apple, and it turns out to be glass, and you know, going back and forth between reality and fiction, and the dog. I always find the dog scene really sad. Um. I I think this is just a really well made horror film. I think the acting's really good. I think the ending is fitting. Um, you know, you don't really get a happy ending. You get kind of a realistic ending of what would probably happen in that situation. And uh, yeah, I, I think both have their merits, but I wanted to acknowledge what Nikki said. 
um, because it bothered me too, but I was able to push through and just try to be like, all right, obviously there's a context here I'm not getting. So let's just get to the end of the film. And there was some things I did find funny about this film um, that I did enjoy and uh, very much some, some Asian cinema that, um, that it was interesting to watch. Uh, yeah, for me, um, Nikki was obviously messaged me a lot when she was watching a lot of these films and, um, she was messaging me when she was watching Tokyo Zombie and, um, you know, she felt super uncomfortable with, um, you know, it had two moments in there within the first 20 minutes that were not, um, good for her um that she didn't feel comfortable continuing on and i get that uh because ironically nikki um this person that picked this film had actually chose uh, another film and um to begin with and this person said you know i don't want to make you ladies watch something that's going to make you feel uncomfortable at all and um he had chosen another film and I asked in dialect of what, what the film that he had chosen was about, um, because I, I know my sister doesn't like watching certain things, you know, so I don't want to put anybody like in an uncomfortable position just for the sake of a podcast. Um, you know, um, I want to be respectful to everybody. And, uh, so he actually chose a separate film, like, uh, Tokyo Zombie, still went through but his original film aside from the other one that he had picked um he chose something separate um which is definitely a lot more um not in the realm of extreme horror um because i believe i I can't remember the name of the film that he chose but um and i don't want to give away who this uh co-host is because we're still going to play that game but um, he chose another film in the sake of that for you, Nikki. Uh- <laughs> Aw. Well, I mean, you know, I know everyone has different tastes when it comes to films and whatnot. And I'm glad that you, you know, kept, I mean, well, obviously he had a different film. You could have kept the other film and I probably would have shut that one off as well. But every, someone else might have appreciated it. You know, I'm not going to like, you know, judge what people's tastes are obviously or what they can tolerate right or what, Everyone they, or what has they can tolerate their, yeah. their triggers as much as people don't want to use those words we all have things that will affect us differently right right like, that's just reality yeah. well right. i mean uh from what i've seen like I, I i actually talked to somebody else about this about the other movie that was originally chosen and they said it was very extreme and then they sent me a jiffy jiff or jiffy whatever they call a it gif? a gif? gif yeah i usually call it a gif but everybody calls it a jiffy so, um, and it was pretty extreme. So I think the... Is it solo? No, no, it was not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I can't say what it was because okay. it'll give this person away. All right. Um, but Tokyo Zombie is very, very mild in comparison to what the other film was chosen. So, um you know, taking into my sister's consideration of where she was at, she said, I made it 20 minutes in, let me know if you make it through. I didn't tell her my actual thoughts on the film. Um, I did watch the film as well. And yes, there are some very uncomfortable jokes. Um, But however, uh, the one thing that, uh, you know, you didn't continue on. So 
about pedophilia was that this, um, you know, one of the main characters was molested by his gym teacher or something or such, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, the thing was, is that's what pushed him forward to win in the end. Um, it's probably not yep. funny to most, but um, for this character's um, growth in the film, uh, that's what really pushed him forward. Uh, yeah, he had like zombie vindication for lack of a better term. Like, I don't know what to call it. This movie's fucking stupid, but um, I, I, I'm trying to make sense of uh, like where it was going with that plot line. Right. Like it was, it was the whole thing of like, uh, it's kind of the Frankenstein's monster thing of like where, you know, you think you have control over something and then like you wake up and it has control over you and it's going to fucking defeat you. And that's kind of where it went with it the teacher. It was something that he needed to, like, release. Like, something that he's, like, pent up. And that's why it keeps getting brought up. Um, and I think she would have appreciated that had she seen it through to the end. Um, yeah, but it still didn't, like, yeah. No, it, it's, it's fucking it stupid. Wasn't vindic- and the way that it was yeah. done was not tactful. Um, I can admit that, but I think that she could have also seen it from the side that I'm talking about right now. Right. Yeah. There, there was like, yeah, there was a turnaround of it Yeah, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but (laughs) I tried to make sense of that. Um, I, I get why you could not continue on because, uh, I turned it on for 20 minutes last night and I was like, I have no fucking idea how I'm going to finish this because it's not my general taste at all. And, um, it's not something that I generally appreciate. However, I threw it on today and luckily it was dubbed so I could listen while I was working. And I don't know what happened, but there became a point in this film to where it did turn itself around for me to where I was interested to where it was going. Um, which was weird. I did not expect that to happen at all because I was hating it last night for the first 20 minutes. Um, the bald cap is very off-putting and I don't Mm -hmm. believe the dude ever had cancer. I think he just made the doctor tell him he had cancer because he was so worried about it. Uh, Right? Which was like the fucking weirdest thing because he sings a song. It's so hard for him to talk about it. He has to make a song, a bad song about it but then you find out like that he's basically harassing the doctor to tell him he has cancer yes that's what happened that actually was way more disturbing to me than anything else yeah. I, I thought that was really weird um i thought i was absolutely gonna hate the movie uh just based off of my conversation with nikki um, I did not appreciate all of the humor like I said um, I don't need a story about uh, redemption but at the same time um, I get why the person that chose this movie chose it and I, I see it for what it is as for Oculus um, yeah this is probably the only Mike Flanagan film I have not seen and god I'm all right, so I like had started to watch it like when it came out, like on to rent. And maybe I just wasn't at a good place in my life to watch this film, but um I love the ending of it. I really do. Um God, it's so disheartening. <laughs> like, because you want these characters to like like you're rooting for them, right? Um, it's a bit of a confusing film. 
I think you would probably benefit for uh, more of a rewatch value. Do you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, it is super confusing in my head. I was just like trying to put it all together and it was very, very confusing. Uh, but I think I got it all. <laughs> I hope at least. Um, I was watching it with my kid who had never seen it before. And I had to explain that it was flashing back between when these two people were kids. But and now were they adults. actually flashing back or was that just part of the mirror? And I think that's kind of the ingenious of the film. I think um, it's really smart. Um, yeah. It's just I, the fact that the kids were the, the people who were the adults. Yeah, like I, I, my kid didn't get that. Like, the, like he was like, are those like other people? And now these people have the mirror. I was like, no, no, no. It was like, those are the people who had the mirror, but when they were younger and, and it's, it's pretty cool the way they do it. Yeah. I love the reflection aspect of it. Um, yeah. You know, there's another film that we're going to talk about uh, here in a little bit that kind of has to do with playing tricks on the mind. Um, but I think this one did it very, very well. I mean, it's a haunted mirror. I haven't seen a lot of films about haunted mirrors and uh, the story and the ending. It's so brutal. And Oh God. Um, like I can't stop thinking about it. So yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Um, I didn't think I was going to, because I was so, it, it's one of those films that you really have to pay attention to. It's not something that you can like, just play on your phone with and like, look up and be like, Hey, Oh yeah, I see what's going on. No, it's not one of those. It's one of those films you actually have to pay attention to, to fully grasp the reality at the end of the film. And, um, I appreciate it for that. So yeah. Should we get into our votes? Yep. All right, Rebecca, we, I think you're Ocul- where you're going. Oculus. I already <laughs> told you. <ya. laughs> Heather. Oculus as well. Carly. Oculus. Nikki. Obviously, Oculus. Oh, she couldn't even finish the other <laughs> <laughs> um, No, and I appreciate that about you, Nikki. Uh, we all have our tolerance. So I appreciate you sharing that and, you know, letting everybody know that not everybody has to watch everything just because you're told to. Awesome. And I also choose Oculus, but I do appreciate um, at the end of the day why this person chose it. So Oculus. Yeah. So in ninth place goes Tokyo Zombie. And Oculus moves on. Well, that was a hell of a conversation, you guys. Yeah. These are kind of lining up differently than I thought they would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> They're all random, but yeah. Did not think that would be a head to head. Well, that's the fun part of it, right? <laughs> that's what <laughs> she said. <laughs> oh, Rebecca, you're one of my favorites. Okay. All right. <laughs> Next movie up The Tenant versus The White Reindeer. All right, let's start with you, Nikki. Okay, so I'm going to start with The Tenant. I watched this with Lacey 
well, actually, I think we were texting. She was at her place and I was at mine. And after the movie was said and done, I was just like, what did we just watch? And we had a discussion about what it was about because it it clearly did. It went over my head completely. And Lacey's like, well, I think it's about judgment. And when she said that, all of the scenes in the movie started flooding back to my mind. And it's quite interesting because now I see the message that this film is wanting to get across. The biggest message here is definitely one of judgment and also about caring what other people think. I do feel that the film was much longer than it needed to be and that it it did drag a lot. Like I felt like the first hour of the film was basically these people knocking on his door, telling him to be quiet because he was being too loud. That's why I felt like the first hour was, but in terms of like his perception of the world, like the message I thought was actually a really cool concept. For example, when he's in the theater and he's, making out with that girl there's a guy behind him and the guy's just staring at him so he stops what he's doing with the with the woman that he's making out with because he cares what the guy behind him thinks and it was just kind of tragic like he had a hot girl making out in the theater but he cared what the dude behind him thought and this just gradually builds in tension as the movie picks up momentum and I actually thinking about the ending I I thought it was very tragic I do feel that it could have like I said been done in a shorter amount of time and I think that it could have been done in a different way because after I'd watched it like I said it went over my head and after I watch a film I just like I like to be like (laughs) blown out of the water when I watch a film that has like a deep message like that so I appreciate the message that this film brings and there in terms of like judgment and caring what other people think like there's also like several parts throughout the film where the main character he will dress up like a woman and the way his perception is he thinks people are judging him based off of that and there's like this one older woman that he keeps seeing and she's like look at him he must be insane and it's just like this you could just feel like what he's feeling and I just I just thought that that was tragic and while I love the message of the film there's just some things I think could have been done a little different with the white reindeer I was excited about this one as well because it was um created in 1952 and I absolutely love older films and I had high hopes for this one and I thought that the the main actress was absolutely stunning and I also love the dynamic of how she was lonely and you can you can feel her isolation in the film and that's why she took it upon herself to go to a shaman which I thought was cool because I do feel connected to 
um, that culture in a very powerful way. And when she goes to this shaman to have a like a spell cast on her husband so that she can, you know, become irresistible to him because he he travels and she she misses him and she's just at home just waiting for him to come back to her like I I thought that that was an interesting storyline but the way that the story went about it I thought it drug on and I felt like I was watching this (laughs) woman run through the snow for like a good hour of the film and I think that was about how long the film was so yeah the the white reindeer didn't really live up to the expectations that I had for it Heather I uh I enjoyed both films quite a bit actually I enjoyed the tenant I know it's part of the loosely part of uh Roman probably going to say his name, not right, Polowski's um, trilogy of Repulsion 1965 and then follow it up to the Rosemary's Baby in 1968 and then this one. Um, I do think it's a very much a, a psychological thriller. I thought I was going to hate it. I was prepared to hate it and I didn't. So maybe that's why I liked it so much, having low expectations going into it. But the acting behind it and the slow descent into madness I think Nikki did a great job of talking about judgment um, and about hate and other things that are that are bled throughout this movie Uh, the struggles of living in a city living in apartment life uh, being a single person trying to navigate the world and how you know he ended up taking the place of the person that he replaced in the apartment I thought was very interesting and I kind of wanted to put together what the role was of a character uh, that was throughout that film and what role she actually played. I would be interested to read more about it and see. It's a very well-acted film, but it is a very long film. And this isn't going to be a film that everyone's going to like. You know, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the mood that you're in, if you if you like these kind of films or I don't know. But I really did dig it. The White Reindeer was awarded the Golden Globe for international, Best International Film in 1953. It's acknowledged as a pretty... Um, well-known I guess older horror film I only found that out because I struggled with finding subtitles which I eventually did so I was just trying to read about it so I could make sure I understood more about what the movie was based on it's based on a Finnish folklore uh the idea of a woman turning into a, a a white deer that's also a vampire and I thought it was quite a beautiful love story and it kind of talked about her struggles as being a female antagonist. And I always enjoy when I see female antagonists, especially in 1952, especially in Finland. Um, beautiful filming. Absolutely beautiful. I <laughs> I could feel the cold, though, throughout this movie, um, <laughs> since most of it is filmed, obviously, in the snow. Perfect length for a film of that time. I think it was about a 68-minute, give or take, runtime. Made perfect sense. Um, both are are excellent examples of filming and cinematography in their own rights but definitely both are going to be an acquired taste um i enjoyed both i saw the value in both um both were actually really high up there for me so i'm glad for whoever picked both of these i i did enjoy them (laughs) um for me um the white reindeer was shot uh i i had high hopes for this as well it was shot completely beautifully 
uh, the cinematography in 1952, that is something to be unheard of uh, from what I've seen of, you know, around that era or even in the 60s. Um, it's unmatched. Um, it, it is a really beautiful film. However, it does lose me a little bit because um, maybe the version that I watched, it didn't have um, the subtitles pop up like right away. So um, there was a lag on it. So I, I think that kind of hindered it in a sense for the version that I was watching. Um, the story about a woman who was bored with her life being married. And <laughs> um, I mean, that's something that I could relate to. Um, I, I just needed a little bit more, I guess, but uh, that's the modern day me wanting more and being spoiled. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not necessarily like, I don't even know if I would classify this as a horror film aside from her scream um, that we hear where she goes, oh my um no um it's not a movie that I enjoyed watching I can say that um it was the the scenery is beautiful and I just wish that I could have connected with it more um based off of the uh you know synopsis um I thought I was going to connect with it a lot and I just didn't it I don't I don't I don't know why this movie failed me um I wish that I had liked it um but I also have to give it props for being in 1952 and they were trying to do something. So there's that. Um, so let's move on to The Tenant. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this person. And um, I believe I stated like many years ago that I would never review blah, 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 blah because it's Roman, blah, 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 blah. Like it's film and it's part of history. So I'm putting that aside. Uh, the tenant yeah the film is about judgment it really is and uh, as you're watching it it's a slowly progression of you know feeling isolated outside of your community because you can't be who you really are and there's a lot of fucked up shit in this film (laughs) Um, I see why this person picked it and, um, and I feel like I have an advantage just because I know who picked what film and why they like it. Um, but they did not give me their reasons for why they liked it until like yesterday and today. So, um, aside from that, um, when I watched these films, I didn't know why they picked it aside from the fact that they feel like you guys hadn't seen them. Right. Right. So that was the criteria, right? Yes, that was the criteria. Uh, a film that they liked that they feel like you hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, The Tenet was a little boring, but very eye-opening at the same time. Like uh, this filmmaker was trying to do something different. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's a stigma between him and being different and you know uh, I think maybe had that not been the case I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more um yeah so I think that I'm trying to (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I, I'm trying to go about this the most proper way that I can. Um, because it's really hard to review, you know, his work period. Um, I, oh God, okay, let me reset. <laughs> so it, it's, it, and the fact that he starred himself in the film, obviously um, he felt like an outsider to begin with, right? Does anybody agree with that or no? Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Well, he's not a natural citizen, right? Through they keep throwing that in his face throughout. The well, and I mean, season, and right? he's been he's been ousted from where yeah. he was. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyway. I, I, like I feel like it's kind of like the Jeepers Creeper effect, right? Uh, so where, um, you know, Victor Selva, who is the creeper, made a film about himself. I feel like this is kind of Roman Polanski's Jeepers Creepers. Uh, okay, I, I don't see the comparison, but that's fine. I don't. Yeah, well, he, he feels like, like he's an outsider. He feels like he's an outsider because of the things that he does. Right, but the like it, no, it's self Uh, you don't see the comparison in the sense, but um, it's very self motivated. Like he feels like an outsider in the way that he lives his life. Well, right. He's written, directed, and starred in this movie to show his perspective. I think Jeepers Creepers was more of a, uh, a, a, a conglomeration of a lot of different people, but it gets put onto one guy who negates the hard work of like hundreds and thousands of other people. But this one, no, you're right. He's, it's, it's, he's making this almost like his autobiography. His veiled autobiography. Yeah. Like, uh, they're both very self-serving. Yeah, he's just like very, woe is me. And I'm going to star in it. And this, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell my story in the only way that I can tell my story. And that's a thinly veiled way in another country. <laughs> Like, when this movie was picked, I knew that it was directed by him. I didn't know that he was so vain enough to star in it. I'm about to say something really stupid. I didn't know that was him playing the main <laughs> character. I did not realize. I didn't know what he looked like, I guess. So this is this is all news to me. Really? You didn't know? No, I didn't. I had no idea. And I just now Googled the movie, and I was like... Wait a minute. Roman <laughs> Polanski starring. So, yeah. so uh, here, uh, taking away from. You yeah, know, your like turn, what Rebecca. He... Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Um, so here's my thing when I saw, oh, hey, the tenant, you know, kind of groovy poster, like the synopsis that I see, it's directed and written and starring. Roman Polanski and it's two hours long and my first thought is whoever picked this I am going to punch you in the dick <laughs> uh just and, and this has nothing to do with Roman Polanski for whatever his personal things are but just his pretension I can't stand Rosemary's baby I find it boring as shit I've never so seen then it. if he's gonna make another oh it's so fucking boring Watch The Omen, watch, watch any other fucking, you know, Satan movie of the time. 
So I'm like, if this is supposed to be like part of his like, you know, master trilogy, whatever, like I couldn't stand your other ones. I'm not going to like this I, repulsion. I haven't seen or it's been a long time, but I'm like, I don't like Rosemary's baby. So I'm certainly not going to like a movie about a dude who rents an apartment and has some problems with the landlord. Okay. So yeah, sat there for two hours waiting for something to happen. I'm like, okay, so he dresses up like a woman and thinks he's the chick who killed herself. Um, nope, nope. This is not the sleepaway camp <laughs> twist that it needed to like really redeem itself. That whole movie was a waste of my fucking time. I have not minced any words about that. Ah, uh, the White Ranger. On the other hand, uh, so I, I want to give this a different view, one where I can just sit there and watch it again. I had to watch a lot of these movies um, at work, one earbud in. Now, this one, it didn't really matter because there's only like 10 lines of dialogue. <laughs> um, but it is like it's very much like a silent movie uh, without the title cards. Um, and when you think about the other movies that were being made at that time, this is 1952, horror movies in general were like sci-fi movies, right? Monster movies. And so this is like something that goes back to Finnish folklore. I thought it was really groovy. I, I thought it was told very well. Like you didn't need to speak the language. Um, you could understand what was going on. It's maybe not for everyone, but I, I actually, I, I dug that movie. Um, I hated, I, I absolutely hated the tenant. I'm going to say that there are things <laughs> in it that I liked. There are things in it I liked, but in general, I thought it was just a waste of money and time and, and talent and, and everything else. Shelly Winters, fucking Shelly Winters came to be like, what, what was she called? The concierge? whatever like all of it just kind of pissed me off and uh yeah like okay I, i'm not gonna get into the personal things with it but yeah just kind of pissed me off so should we get into our ratings or not ratings but um our pick choices i'm going for the white reindeer obviously <laughs> all right carly um i didn't give my opinion on these movies oh you oh, did you right <laughs> That just went on for so long. I'm so sorry. Please. It's okay. No, um, no, I can be quick. I mean, um, it's quick. Okay. I shall be very slow. This will take an hour. Um, no, but the uh, tenant, uh, you know, I have seen Rosemary's baby. I've not seen repulsion. Um, and I've wanted to see the tenant for a while. Um, I, I know Roman Polanski is a piece of shit person, but I try to put that stuff, you know, out of my mind when watching the movies, much like the Jeepers Creepers films and just enjoy the film, even though it does suck because it's like they made good movies, but they suck as people. Um, but with this movie, uh, I did enjoy it. Um, I do agree. It's a little bit too long. And I do feel that way with Rosemary's Baby as well. I've only seen Rosemary's Baby once and I thought it was a really really well done film but it was a one and done I, I never have any interest to sit down and watch that again because of how slow it is and this movie definitely has that same 
sort of vibe to it. Um, I do like the apartments uh, horror aspect to it, um, which is why I, I would definitely watch Repulsion just because of the whole apartment trilogy. I feel like I have to close it out and I do like that setting. Um, I like the, there's almost like a quirkiness in the movie, just with the whole everyone always bothering him, saying he's making so much noise and he's like, I'm not even doing anything, what the hell? And all the neighbors bothering him. It's a kind of a very sort of mind fuck type of thing. Um, and I did enjoy that. Uh, some of the stuff he ends up doing later, like, you know, dressing up like the person uh, who was the previous tenant, I, I found to be kind of just unsettling to watch. So I like that as well. Um, by the end, I was kind of like, okay. Um, and I got to a point where I kind of saw where it was going, but uh, you know, I was just like, okay, so that's, that was that movie, whatever. Um, I, I did like it though, overall, I didn't think it was a bad film or anything like that. And I'm glad that I finally got the chance, got a reason to watch it because it was on my radar for a while. Um, if I compared it, I definitely like Rosemary's baby a little bit more, but you know, I thought this movie was fine. I didn't completely hate it, but I do agree. He makes his movies like way too long and uh, they are kind of slow. Um, with the White Reindeer, uh, that's another one I was kind of dreading going into a little bit, but at the same time, I was like, okay, it's literally only like an hour and eight minutes, so it'll go by fast. Um, I thought that one was pretty solid for what it was. I thought it was cool that it came out, you know, in the 50s, and it was something I'd never heard of, and it has like the vampiric aspects to it. Um, I like the winter setting. I always enjoy that because I hate being cold, so watching other people be cold is horror enough for me. Um, and uh, I, I thought some of it was a little bit creepy, uh, just with the sound cues. And I thought the girl, the main girl was very expressionate with her faces and her laughter and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was a pretty easy watch, uh, not a lot to it. And I think they made do with what they had. You know, it's kind of easy to sell like, okay, here's this white reindeer. And then you just show the reindeer and then you show the girl after that. It's like, oh my God, she turned into him. It, it, you know, it's easy to imply that without fancy special effects. So I think they did well with that. But overall, I thought it was good. Um, again, would I really run back and rewatch it? Probably not because there's not a whole lot to it, but it was interesting to see a movie like that of the time. And um, yeah, so... If I had to pick one of these movies, though, I would probably put The Tenant forward myself. Okay, so one for The Tenant. Nikki? Yeah, I'm going to vote for The Tenant as well. I The storyline, it just resonated more with me with the message that was um, wanting to be brought forward. Um, the White Reindeer, I, I do have appreciation for it um, especially for the time that it was filmed and uh, getting all those reindeer filmed that couldn't have been easy to do <laughs> in in the snow as well getting so, all those reindeer filmed right <laughs> getting them on set for long enough thank, thank you for acknowledging the reindeer Nikki <laughs> I we gotta give love to the animals too so <laughs> Um, but yeah, my vote goes to the tenant. Rebecca Reinhardt, what is your pick? 
I'm going for the reindeer and their choreography and the snow, just like Mickey said, <laughs> except for I'm picking the white reindeer. <laughs> Heather, the tenant. Okay, so it doesn't matter what my vote is, but uh, something that I didn't mention was the fact that um, him, the tenant, uh, you know, he was judged after even throwing himself off and they're judging him even more by throwing himself off. And then he goes back and does it again. Like, because, yeah, like, yeah, that's what I found tragic about the film. You know, I, I, I think that's what's resonating is like, hey, I just did all this and you're still not respecting me, even though like I just like am plummeting to my death, but I didn't die. And he can hear it. And it's so tragic and so sad. Like, I don't care who the filmmaker is at this point. Um, it's more about the story. Um, because that's society, you know? Well, and everything that he was seeing, it wasn't what he was really seeing. It was how he was perceiving it. But that was actually how it was playing out as well. Yeah. So um, I have to give mad respect to the story, regardless of who the director is. So um i have to go with the tenant as well sorry rebecca wow i am hey white reindeer i'm all about you <laughs> <laughs> all right so at number 10 9 8 8 is the white reindeer so we have nightbreed tokyo zombie and the white reindeer all right are we ready for our next battle guys Mm-hmm. Show. Oh. All right, we got Demon Knight versus Dead Alive. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's I. I think this might be the toughest battle. Maybe Rebecca, why don't you start us off? Well, okay, I'm going to say that I started off by saying that one of these movies is one of my favorite movies of all time, and that is Dead Alive. I have the poster on my wall. Um, Do you right now? Huh? Do you have a poster on your wall right now of Dead Alive? Yeah. No shit. Um, Yes. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time when he start when Peter Jackson... You know, start making Jackson, these blah, blah, blah. <laughs> start making these Lord of the Ring movies. People are like, oh, you know, you know, Peter Jackson the guy that makes Lord of the Rings. I'm like, no, you know, Peter Jackson, the guy that did like Dead Alive and Bad Taste. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that's <laughs> me. Um, Dead Alive is to me, uh, it, it is a pinnacle of horror comedy. It, it is one of the most gory, gross fucking movies ever. That you can laugh at and you can still go, Ugh. Uh, you know, custard and the weird mom and kick ass for the Lord. I mean, there's just so much to it. I didn't watch it for this because I've seen it so many times. I can't speak highly enough for it. Demon Knight, I'd seen it in the 90s. Uh, I liked it and um, I watched it again. I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I mean, if I have to pick between the two, and I do love, I do love Billy Zane. And uh, oh, you even uh, sent a photo to us of Billy Zane. I did. <laughs> I did. I'm, and, yeah. and I even said I, it was Billy Zane 2021. And I sent it and I said, I'd hit it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, love you, Grandma Slut. 
super hot, super cool. Uh, you know, has a lot of 90s stuff to it. I do love that movie. But if we're pitting these two movies against each other, I mean, dead but why, alive. Why does one have the edge over the other? Okay, Dead Alive, a.k.a. Brain Dead, which is what it's originally called, is just, it's classic. It has a priest with a lawnmower and, and a zombie mom with big ass tits. And there's just so much there. I, I just, I, I can't go against, I can't go against Dead Alive. All right, Carly. Mic drop, okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I always knew that uh, Dead Alive was gross. That was kind of the one thing I knew going into it. Um, And I had seen one of Peter Jackson's films called Bad Taste. Uh, I did that with Derek on the Fight Dissections podcast. And that was pretty fucking gross. (laughs) So going into this, I knew what I was getting into. And honestly, I'd seen the infamous scene like at the dinner table that everyone's always like oh my god it's the grossest thing ever so you know I I, again I knew I was getting into that but it still was really disgusting um and the whole movie was pretty disgusting throughout um towards the end it gets a little more plays more into the comedy than the grossness um but overall I mean I thought it was a good movie um i think it's entertaining i think it is funny and quirky um and i think it's got amazing effects uh but it's not what like i can't feel like rebecca where i'm like gonna sit down and watch this all the time because <laughs> gross out horror really is not my thing it's just uh, anything that makes me i love that we're just... discovering all of this <laughs> about like our tastes right it's like turns out i hate everything no but yeah it, it's just uh, like bad taste um i thought that was a solid film too but again it was it, nasty and this one just if it makes me actually gag and almost puke and i can't eat while i'm watching the movie i mean well done you did really good effects there but at the same time it's like kind of a mixed emotion type thing because i'm not gonna want to go back and watch it and even thinking about it makes me cringe so there's that but you know, you could take that for what you want as a knock on the film as not, um, I would say it's not a knock on the movie. I think it means it's done its job well. And that's what his goal was to disgust me and also make me laugh a few times. So uh, it did accomplish that. So bravo. Um, Bravo. Yes. With Demon (laughs) Knights, um, this is one that I kind of, you know, I'd heard about it and I just never, or shall I say, Tales from the Crypt presents Steam Knight, whatever. Um, I'd seen Bardello of Blood. Uh, JP and actually and I actually watched that together a few years ago. I think he had to do it for his podcast, maybe. And uh, I thought that movie sucked and he agreed. We both thought it sucked. So that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth um, for watching the other Tales from the Crypt movie, even though I always heard this movie was really good. So young, though. I'm so young. Yes, yes. I am young. I am pretty young. Well, yes. I mean, how far apart was Bordella Bud versus Demon A? Does anybody uh, know? I don't know, but I do want to say that it left a bad taste in her mouth. <laughs> yes, but oh, I, we I, eat I, your I, pot, Rebecca. <laughs> no, I'm actually gonna look it up. Keep talking, Carly. I'm gonna look it up. Okay, okay. But anyway, um, 
So where was I? Yeah, Demonite, though. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I liked the cast. I'm a big, I like Billy Zane quite a bit. And I like William Sadler quite a bit. And you have them both starring in this movie. And I think they were great. And I like how it's kind of like a siege type film. I thought that was cool. I didn't know what I was getting into plot wise with this one. So um, I thought that was um, pretty, pretty cool. And uh, it's got some, you know, decent effects in it. Uh, Some might be a little dated, but that's okay. Um, I thought it was a very fun movie. I like the soundtrack in it. Uh, You also got old Jada Pinkett without the Smith at that time. And uh, I thought she was pretty good in it I as mean, well. So. Prescott. Yes. Well, I mean, not Maureen Prescott, but Maureen Evans. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I was gonna. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, not really, but yeah. I, I, I corrected only, it. It's Maureen Evans. I think that's the only other movie I've ever seen her actually in. But anyway, yeah, I had a lot. I had You're a blast with Demon Knight. I'm not wrong. No, but I mean, that's how I seen her as well. Okay, so, so that's like the only thing that she's probably ever done, which is kind of weird. She hasn't. It's weird to think she married Will Smith, and it's like well, she went on to go to uh, that TV series of Batman. I think Gotham. Oh, okay. Well, which I think she's a villain in that, which is kind of cool. Hmm. I can see because it. we picture her as the hero because we watch her in um, you know Demon Knight. True. Yeah, I can see her as the villain, though, too. (laughs) But, yeah, and the victim, obviously, from Scream. Um, But, yeah, I had a lot of fun with Demonites, good times, and I would definitely put that one on a rewatch. Nikki? Yeah, so with Dead Alive, I picked up on the energy of this film very strongly. The people who collaborated on this film, they put so much hard work and heart into it and all of the like the scenes like yes this was by far probably one of the goriest films I've ever seen and this was actually the first time I had ever seen this film and I was with Lacey we were watching it and the synopsis popped up and all I saw in the synopsis was like something about a rat monkey and this film is so much more than just about a rat monkey it's Like, I felt like the people that were acting in this film, like, you could even feel the energy of the people working behind the scenes. Like, it was almost like they just collaborated as a family to bring this film to fruition. I could feel that on on a soul level for sure. And one thing that I really appreciated about Dead Alive was, like, the different dynamics in the scenes. Like, one moment, you know, you see the the main couple, they're just lovey-dovey, and then, like, the next scene is, like, zombies just, like, tearing things apart, and, like, how it flips back and forth between both of those dynamics, I thought was really, really cool. And I actually didn't know that the director was Peter Jackson until after... I think after we had got done watching it. So that's pretty cool to see that a director has, you know, that much, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Range? Uh, yes, range with the films that he creates and directs. I thought that was very admirable. With Demonite, Demonite is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And with Demon Knight, 
I love the storyline between good and evil. And I had the biggest crush on Billy Zane as well. And that picture that you sent Rebecca, I think he still looks good as well. And he has the best one-liners in this film. Like I just like pictured the scene where he's like tempting everybody to bend to his will. And he's just like, just give me what I want and nothing will happen to you. Like, he's just so like mesmerizing. Why would you steal my line? Like, well, I'm sorry, but like if if Billy Zane said that to me, I'd be like, just, okay. Like, yeah. Not knowing that I'd be turned into a demon, but. (laughs) And I will tell you, Nikki, that I did not send the best picture. I sent, I sent the best, I sent the best picture of him. There are pictures of him, like him on the beach, COVID belly. And I'm like, I'd still hit it. (laughs) Uh, Did you send pictures of him in the roommate? Nikki, do you remember when we went and seen The Roommate with Billy Zane? <laughs> no, I didn't remember he was in that one. Yeah, he was the uh, professor. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I just, I googled Billy Zane 2021. Picked uh, <laughs> kind of a silver fox one to send to everybody, but I'm telling you what, the ones of him kind of slovenly in the water on the beach, I'd still hit it. <laughs> Googling right. now finish your speech uh but yeah with demon knight um i thought jada pinkett was a solid final girl and just to see the dynamic of how the film progressed like you don't like going into this film it doesn't feel like a tales from the crypt movie or it didn't really feel like a story from one of the tales from the crypt show. So that was a, that was a different take to bring it to the movies. And I thought that that really did like a solid for the tales of the crypt franchise. And like, don't get me wrong. I love tales from the crypt. It just didn't have that. It didn't have the same feel as like, you know, because the, those stories are typically shorter. Whereas with this one, they could do more. And I absolutely loved that. So, yeah. Um, for me, uh, me and Nikki watched that alive together. She came over. Uh, we watched a lot of these films together. I think, uh, we only did not watch three of them together four four okay um but dead alive was one that we did watch together and same for demon night uh which we've watched uh, a lot together <laughs> because she made me watch it growing up over and over and over again uh <laughs> because it is one of her favorite films uh she's selling you short on that film in my opinion um as we were watching demon night Nikki is literally quoting the entire fucking movie. I'm shitting you not. Um, I fucking hate this cowboy shit. <laughs> like, she was literally quoting the whole fucking movie. Like, and that's rare out of my sister these days, anyways. Um, to see her be so involved and see her so much enjoyment into a film that she grew up watching that she still loves. Um, I think that speaks volumes. Um, for Dead Alive, this was a first time watch, I believe, for the both of us. And uh, we were in it. And then I don't know what happened, but we just kind of started talking amongst ourselves as we were watching it. 
which I think is a bad sign. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we like seeing the monkey rat or whatever. And then there's the crazy baby thing that comes out. Um, a lot of special effects went into that movie. And I think that needs to be acknowledged. However, the story, um, for me, it's not something that engaged me personally. I can see that it could engage other people, but it's not something that I ever, 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 ever want to return to. Um, Demonite, however, has an engaging story. It has engaging characters. It has Jada Pinkett Smith, who was in Scream 2 as the opening kill, um, which is my favorite franchise. So I think that has a leg up on it just on that fact alone. Fucking A. Dan agrees. <laughs> um, but um, I do appreciate the hard work that went into Dead Alive, or I, I can't even think, is it buried? Um, what's brain dead, brain dead, brain dead. Yeah, um, I do see why people like this film, it's just not something that me, taste wise, actually likes to watch. So, Heather, what about you? Yeah, I think you guys have done a really great job of summing up both films. I really like the point that Rebecca made earlier that there's two types of Peter Jackson. There's Lord of the Rings and then there's Bad Taste in this. And I think that as long as you go into either of these movies with that expectation, you'll be just fine. Um, Dead Alive is a movie I've been avoiding because I, I'm not a big fan of like over-the-top gross humor. But I did really appreciate the special effects in this, particularly the baby. Uh, I thought that was really funny. And there were some times where I did catch myself laughing out loud. It's it's obviously just a silly over-the-top film and you take it as such. You have some very cartoonish characters, such as the uncle. Um, even the love story is very cartoonish. And it's it's relatively entertaining for what it is. I think where it really capitalized is the makeup, the special effects, the fact that they did all those special effects to crew themselves. Like It's pretty incredible, the money and the time that was put into that film. In terms of Demon Knight, I love this movie. Um, as we talked about, all these were a first time watch for me. I enjoy Tales from the Crypt and I've never seen the kind of feature films. This is the first one. And I loved it. I, I absolutely loved Billy Zane in it. I enjoyed the story. I thought it moved quickly. Um, there was some well-known enough actors in there from the 90s, some TV actors that were there and as well as Jada Pinkett Smith, or not Smith, she wasn't Smith yet. Um, was excellent in it as well. Uh, William Sadler, I believe, was yes, the Roswell. Main. Yeah, so CW, you know, great, right? Some great, great characters. Uh, easy to move along plot. Very, I, I think Billy Zane made this movie. To be honest, his ownership of his role of the main demon and how funny he was was it was just great. It was it was very tales of the crypt E and uh, very entertaining. I enjoyed both um, quite a bit. Uh, Carly, or did she already give her thing? I did. I think oh. I was the last one. It's so hard. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. That's what she said. I gotta do every time now. Bad. All right, so what? I'm gonna give um, I'm gonna give the edge to Demon Knight for me. Uh, Heather. Yeah, Demon Knight as well. Rebecca. That alive. Carly? I would have to give it to Demon Knight. And Nikki. 
Demon Knight Faux Show. All right. Dead Alive goes to 10, 9, 8, 7. <laughs> it goes to the seventh place. And Demon Knight moves on. Whatever. That's my Sydney Prescott. I'm out. are you throwing tables like lacy i've never thrown a fucking table ever (laughs) she's never that's what she said i love it i'm feeling good about tonight i'm sorry i love it so much i I haven't tipped my hat to which film i think is the actual best out of all these but so far so good um and when then we have the final two i mean uh, but best and favorite are two different things right yep yes but are you separating those no i'm saying my favorite just got busted out is it the best (laughs) one probably not but it's my favorite okay but so far has the best one gone on is the question in your opinion. Yes. In my opinion. In my opinion, yes. Okay. Well, right I ahead. have no idea. Like, th- that's what's so great about these uh, random fucking movies. Um, I'm really excited to, once we get Ooh. down to it, <laughs> um, we have two left. Ooh, that that's the, that's the thing we need to do at the end. What's our favorite and what we think is the best? Because those are going to be two different things. You're right, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. She goes, mm-hmm. All right, so we have right, two we... left, you guys. Uh-huh, uh, what we got? We have The Vanishing versus Event Horizon. <laughs> um, I'll start because I haven't yet. Um, okay, so I had never seen either one of these films. I'd seen The Vanishing, uh, the remake, and this one was so much more different and it was so much more dark. Um, it gave you depth into the character that was actually wanting to try to save his person, you know? Um, I, like, God, I'm kind of getting emotional talking about it. I don't know. I, I didn't expect that. Um what would you do for somebody that um, just disappeared? Like, do you give up? Like, what do you do? Um, I mean, that's the inevitable question, right? Do you continue looking for this person? Do you give up? Do you move on? Um, well, you find out what this specific person in this situation would do, um, you know, and the remake, it's a very happy ending. And this one, it's not at all. And it's so much more. Okay, I was I was going to ask you that, Lacey, because I never watched the remake. And I think that's why, because I'd seen the original. Um, but I believe the, remake, uh, the, the like. like the remake has Kiefer Sutherland and I believe he digs her up from the ground and they walk away unscathed. Um, and this one, it's so much more dark. Yeah. And um, it's like, what would you do to find out what happened to the person that you love the most? And it's so fucked up. It is literally the most fucked up movie I've seen in a long time. And um yeah, it was like just thinking about it right now. Like I'm at a loss for words. Like, what do you even do in that situation? Um, I, I mean, you have the you have the remake, and then you have this. Um, 
So you see the happy ending, but in this, you don't necessarily see that coming at all, which this came like, I think three years before the remake actually came out. So, uh, which actually the director of the original did the remake as well, which is unheard of, right? Uh, Which is kind of cool. So it's really, this film is really dark and um, I think it really shows uh, the depth that somebody would go because they have so much hope. They don't think they're going to end up buried in a ground somewhere like to their own death um it's about obsession it's about um love like there's a lot of different elements of this film and I really really liked it um I didn't know how much I liked it until I thought about it like for at least like uh, this was one of the first ones that I watched me Nikki said that we watched these films kind of early on uh this was one of the first ones that we watched and I didn't know how much it sunk in and it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, as for event horizon, this is one that, um, a lot of people like, um, I'm not a space chick. Um, everybody knows I hate Jason X at this point. I hate space. Um, it just a space is not my thing. Um, the one thing that I did like about Event Horizon was the fact that um, Event Horizon plays on your fears and it gets you into, even though like you're already at your demise, it's taking you so much further and gonna fuck with you. Um, I don't get why everybody likes this movie, though. I really don't. I don't see the love for it at all. Um, I was bored until the last maybe 40 minutes of the film. And that's when it kind of sucked me in. And that's when I kind of got interested. But at that point, I just didn't care anymore. But I cared, if that makes sense. Does that make sense to anybody? Yes. Okay. So... I get why people like the film and it plays on their fears and uh, you know, it's, it, it takes on a whole hellish aspect. Um, but it just wasn't something that like captivated me from the get go. Um, like I was following the character and the vanishing the entire way and event horizon only sold me on the last 40 minutes and it still didn't even stick the landing in my opinion so that's where I stand what about you Rebecca I feel it in your voice so first of all Event Horizon was one I've seen before whatever it's you know generic like peril in space I love Sam Neill he's the only thing that elevates it to me um I I, I especially love Sam Neill getting unhinged it's like my favorite (laughs) Sam Neill oh when he has like his blackout eyes (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was creepy I but i can, that. okay but i can hear it in your voice because i had a, a situation very like a couple weeks ago where somebody that i loved was supposed to be like landing on a plane and i saw the plane landed never got a text blah blah, blah like okay phone dead because it's very typical for him you know, but it's like hours later and I still hear nothing. And I'm, I'm I, I, the worst things in my head 
are going through and I'm trying to message everybody that I could think of. And, you know, it's finally, eventually it's like, yeah, his phone was dead. He left it in a van that took him to a hotel and then the van had to like bring it back. No, this is what really happened. Oh, like, no, like, I'm like, oh my God, he didn't text me. Well, okay. His phone was dead. And then he got picked up by this van and then the van took him to a hotel. It was like two hours away. And then the dead phone was left in the van and he didn't realize it. And then the van had to go back. So it's like five hours after his flight. And I'm, I'm like messaging the hotel and everything else. And I'm like, I, I get that whole thing. Like where he's just like, what? She just walked into this fucking convenience store or whatever the fuck that is. She just walked in there. I should be able to find her. And you feel his frustration the whole time. And like, I, I couldn't, I, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't watch the end. I knew the end. And, and the end is actually kind of a hopeful one. Like, I mean, you could interpret it different ways. Um, and this is one I didn't even have subtitles for. I watched it probably when I was in college. It fucked me the fuck up. And so I watched it enough just to, um, are you talking about the vanishing, the vanishing? Yeah. Okay. And I, I've never seen the, the remake cause I heard it was kind of like happy, happy, joy, joy. It is. It is very happy, happy, joy, joy. And there's a time and a place for the Hollywood ending, but like this one, it like at the end of this one, okay. Spoilers. At the end of this one, you don't know if. They're both dead. They're in heaven or whatever. Or they're both like trapped in some fucking dungeon or whatever. And they like, they're both having like these hallucinations or dreams that they're together. But it doesn't really matter. Like the end of that is so beautiful. And uh, God, I mean, yeah, this, the vanishing, man, it, like I said, it fucked, it me fucked up with you. Watch, it fucked me up when I was young fuck me up because I watched this the day before I fucking couldn't get a hold of my person and <laughs> it still fucks me up oh I got a oh my god babe Aww. all right Nikki that will never ever <laughs> yeah yeah I feel the exact same way about the vanishing this is a film that has stuck with me ever since I finished watching it and there are so many different messages in this film that I think play on different fears. And one of which is, you know, the fear of not knowing what someone's real intentions are like the seemingly nice guy who you think is just trying to do you a favor and he has a nice photo of his family but yet there's sinister intentions there and there's also another dynamic in this film that I think plays on what it looks like when someone isn't able to let go of the past how the past can catch up when You can't let go of something that is difficult, certain traumas that have taken place, and 
the the main actor in this film just really brought the essence of that to life in this film. I thought that this film was brilliantly done and definitely psychological horror to an amazing degree. And the well, ending that's is weird, Biggie, because like as we were watching, you're like, is this horror? <laughs> well, I like I said, oftentimes I'll watch films and then after they're over, like I might have an initial reaction while I'm watching it. But afterwards, if I can't stop thinking about it, then that means it impacted me in a way that I didn't intend it to. And that's definitely what this film did. I think that's the intent, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. With Event Horizon, I thought this was a solid sci-fi horror film. Sci-fi is not a genre that I typically reach for. Your forte? Yeah, it's not my forte. Um, But I thought this was fun for what it was. And I thought Lawrence Fishburne, Fishborn, he had some mad skills getting into small little crevices before they like enclosed on him. He did that multiple times in this film. And I thought that that was a cool special effect to add to the element of the film. And I thought the concept of a spaceship that plays on people's fears was also pretty solid. Is that it? (laughs) Yeah, that was about the, what I took away from Event Horizon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Carly. (laughs) All right. Uh, So with The Vanishing, um, I, I basically, I knew how the movie kind of plays out because of 100 scariest movie moments on Bravo. Oh! Um, Yeah, so they spoil that if you have never watched that before. Um, And also, I I remember the that Americanized remake was was Bravo's scariest moments. Yes. Okay. No, that's funny because that's why Dan went to this movie. Oh, Jesus Christ! Never mind. (laughs) Okay. Um, but. Yeah, uh, I saw the Americanized version on TV, like the ending of it, literally like the last scene. So I had seen that before and I knew it was like a happier ending, Um, but I never watched the full thing. And I never actually seen this movie, but I knew about those scenes. Um, Yeah, I thought this was a really great film. You know, it's kind of simple in premise. Uh, Dude's girlfriend goes missing and then he spends the rest of the movie kind of agonizing what happened to her and um it's very depressing uh one thing that got me was the score of the film uh just very very unnerving bleak score to it uh and uh usually I don't even notice stuff like that but it really stuck with me and I think it added to the film perfectly um and yeah, don't just... get your granny's panties on to... oh, 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 never mind okay noted um <laughs> but yeah I thought uh, it, it's a solid watch um and I I was kind of the same way where I knew how it ended and I knew it was going to depress me and I knew it was going to be happy and I kind of was dreading going into this one just for that alone because I knew it was a downer of a movie but 
I think it's very good, and I definitely would recommend it to anyone who has not seen it before. So um, you knew it was a downer going in. Yeah, so I was kind of like, man, I have to, I don't know. It's like, do I have to go into it in a happy mood and have it depress me, or should I go into it depressed already and then be really depressed? It's one of those movies. Um, yeah, I knew it was a downer, and that was kind of that, but it, it was a fantastic film nonetheless. Um, Event Horizon, uh yeah i'm not much of a space gal much like Lacey. i sound like i hate everything because i'm like i don't like zombie movies space movies gross out movies i pretty much hate all horror movies but um i thought i could see why people like event horizon i think it is uh one of the more solid uh space themed films but all in all i kind of just find all these movies set in space to be kind of the same and generic and uh, all the stuff that I guess you could say about slasher films, but because I don't like space movies, it's kind of really doesn't work for me. Um, I I gave this one two shots, actually. I watched it the first time and um, I was into it at the beginning and then I kind of fell out of it. And I was like, uh, I guess I got to rewatch that one for the sake of the show. Um, second time around, I was a little more into it uh, throughout the whole thing, but it's just not really my cup of tea, uh, much like, you know, zombie movies and the gross out films. Um, it's not one that I would gravitate towards and watch all the time. Um, if you like these types of movies and you like the movies with um, sort of the settings of a big group on a mission and it goes awry, um, I could see why you would like it kind of in the vein of something like Alien or The Thing or anything like that. But for me, I just, I didn't care for it too much. Um, it does have its moments, but it's not one that I was overly crazy about. All right, Heather. Yeah, I think the benefit about going last is you guys all make really good points. So there's a lot of stuff I can just piggyback <laughs> on. Um, I, I think you've all made excellent points about The Vanishing. I don't know what there's left to, to say. This movie is phenomenal, well-acted, your worst nightmare, really plays on, you know, this is, the antagonist is someone from an upper class that gets away with it. And it, it kind of reflects how um, if someone has the means and the motive and is less likely to be identified as being someone who's committing murder, that they can get away with it. I think the whole psychological torture that this person does with the partner who's looking is extremely well done. Their dialogue is phenomenal. Um, I heard the remake wasn't as good. I, I'm not happy. I told here, but, you. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I actually heard that before. Um, there was someone else who I talked to about this movie um, and they had seen the remake and they said it wasn't good. Um, I think the oh, ending so of the my voice is, isn't good enough for you, Heather. No, it's just I already heard about it walking into it. I, I didn't know I'm just there was talking a, with you. I didn't know actually that there was a remake. I never even heard of this film. Um, it was a really kind of a good surprise. And sometimes remakes aren't bad, but I guess this one, probably the ending. I didn't know about the ending. You did explain the ending to me, and that definitely yeah, sometimes Hollywood. Right. Um, Event Horizon reminded me of a deep uh, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode that was just too long um i'm not a big star trek uh, galaxy sci-fi fan for what it was it was fine you know i got it it was an evil spaceship and you know it it plays on your fears yeah it plays on your fears and shit like i got it like it was an interesting concept 
Um, but it was just too Star Trekky for me, and that's just not my jam. So, but overall, a well-made film, good acting. You know, no major criticisms except just wasn't my thing. So, what is your pick? Oh, my pick would definitely be The Vanishing. Uh, mine as well, uh, Carly. Um, I would have to go to The Vanishing. Rebecca. Yeah. So here's the thing uh, Heather hit on. Like, I watch movies, any movie that's like, ooh, a bunch of dumbasses go into the woods and go into a cabin <laughs> where they know they shouldn't go, blah, blah, blah. Like, I have no problem with, like, a generic premise in a generic movie. Just space isn't my thing. And that's my problem with Event Horizon. If I were a space uh, peril junkie, I think it'd be fine. Uh, that's the only reason it was boring to me. The Vanishing is definitely where I'm going. Nikki? Yeah, I'm choosing The Vanishing as well. But I will say, I did see a comment on Facebook about somebody saying Ashley Judd was oh, really no, she, good in I this thought- film. No, that was Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I I know, but what? I also thought I also thought that was Ashley Judd. <laughs> well, for a minute, and then you for a split second, for a split second, I'm like, oh, that ain't that's not her. <laughs> just, no. just like you thought, just like you thought, Carly was really trying to go by Carla. <laughs> I am still ashamed about that. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. All right, so uh, just to recap here, we're moving the vanishing forward and eliminating event horizon all right now we're speeding up because we've gotten them all right yes so now we're getting into the final battles um Mm. all right so our top 10 so far is number 10 nightbreed number nine tokyo zombie number eight the white reindeer number seven dead alive and number six event motherfucking horizon all right so that leaves us with our final five which is oculus the tenant out of the dark demonite and the vanishing uh do you guys feel like there's one of these films that should not be here um i i mean i no, I no. Let's just battle it out. Yeah, I think they're all deserving. Yeah, they made it. Um, I I think Out of the Dark is. The I, best I agree with you, Heather. Right? I completely agree. I, I, <laughs> I think that should be number five. That was pure entertainment. Oh, oh no, no. But I I like that one. Just let's, yeah, let's yeah. just battle. I like battle. it too. But I think if you compare it to the other four, I, I, I really feel like we had so much more to say about the others. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys want to throw it out? Throw it out. All right, so uh, uh, out of the dark goes to uh, our number five spot, which I think is fair. I think that's a fair spot to put it at. And yeah. we're apparently the slasher podcasts. <laughs> yeah, the slumber party master. Yeah, so um, okay. it's fair. I feel like that's fair. Uh, what do you guys want me to do for this last part of it? Do you want me to mix them up or do you just want to talk about them all? I think should I could give a ranking. I think we should just give rankings and see if it's similar. If we have two and if we have four though, should we maybe knock one more out? One yeah, more we out. could say yeah. what we want to do for number four. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's let's knock out number four. 
Oh, I think number four should go to the tenant. Yes, thank you. It should have gone to number 10. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I love the tenant and it's high for me, I can respect the opinion of the group and I would go with four. Maybe? Yeah, I, yeah, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Carly, go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, um, yeah, I can go with that too. Even though I did enjoy the tenant, um, I think it's not everyone's taste. So it could go at number four. I think it it's solid at number four as well, comparing it with the other three that are still left. Okay, I've, so our three, what do we have left now? Uh, the three are Oculus, Demon Knight, and The Vanishing. Hmm. Well, I have my, I have Oculus as three. I would have Demon Knight as two, personally, and Vanishing as number one. I think Vanishing deserves number one. We all praised it like what? crazy. Like, mm-hmm. was that surprising to you, though? No. Yes. No. No. It, it is. It, no. It is. It, it, it is it. to Maybe. me. It is to me, and I would put the vanishing at one. I put Oculus at two, and Demon Knight at three. But yeah, the fact that the vanishing is the one that like really like I, it, it still kind of haunts me. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Carly? Um, I, yeah, I'm with Becca. I would do uh, Demon Knight number three and then Oculus and then The Vanishing. All right. Well, I think we actually have to like get into a talk about why though. Don't you guys agree? I think we already did. I I honestly couldn't add anything else from what I said. I just think The Vanishing. Well, now we're putting them up against each other though. So I think quality-wise, yeah. I think The Vanishing and then Oculus and then Demon Knight to me is just like a fun popcorn type of flick and the other two are a little more, I guess, serious. And then to me, The Vanishing is just like got a little bit of everything. It's got the good acting, good score, good plot. So Yeah, my ranking is going to be number one, The Vanishing, number two, Demon Knight, and number three, Oculus. Uh, my ranking is number one, The Vanishing, number two, Oculus, and number three, Demon Knight, because they're just fun. Um, I think the other two have so much to talk about. I, I don't so, think I have anything left to talk about, personally. Like, I, well, no, I would I'm be just fine saying, with the two and like, the three switch. Yeah. I, I mean, we've already talked it to death, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's why, that's my ranking. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think I think that's well. Sorry, Nikki, you're not unanimous, but three Demonite, two Oculus, one The Vanishing. Yeah, The Vanishing for sure. One. Okay, so yeah. yes, The Vanishing. We all put that as one. The Vanishing did that really just win? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. Uh, the auto tune's back. <laughs> I know we gotta Do love not. Rebecca's fucked up internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that was her dying. That was her like <laughs> what do you call it the death moan. All right, so um, all right, so which one is the number two spot between Oculus and Demonite? Is the question. Well, based off of everybody's votes, that would be Oculus. All right, so Demon Knight is number three. Yes. All right, so uh, just to recap for all of the listeners, we have Nightbreed at number 10, 
We have Tokyo Zombie at number nine. At eight, The White Reindeer. Seven, Dead Alive. Six, Event Horizon. Five, Out of the Dark. Four, The Tenant. Three, Demonite. Two, Oculus. And one, The Vanishing. Are you guys pleased with this uh, ranking? I think it's fair. Yeah, seems like it would be like, it kind of lines up with my personal ranking, I would say. Do you think that's just a generational thing? I don't know. (laughs) I think it's just a... I think it's like a taste, I, I don't know, because I think for me it's like a taste thing, because you got like space movies and zombie movies on here and just like, you know, well, fantasy I like based. We, I feel like we gave them all respect though. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And they were, like we said earlier, they're all good movies. I think we all found some form of enjoyment from them. So with that said, I guess the big question is uh, what co-host picked what for who? Are we guessing? Um, Yeah, I'm going to start with Nikki because she does not actually have a podcast. So she has an uncle. (laughs) (laughs) So So do I just need to pick the movies that Kevin chose? uh, You got to pick who you think picked for you. Well, that would have been Kevin. No, the movies. <laughs> oh, the movie. <laughs> okay, I think I'm pretty. Oh, wow. <laughs> you guys, it's, sh- late. it's like 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, I think Kevin chose Out of the Dark. And also, I think he chose Event Horizon. All right, Carly. I'm trying to pick what Kevin chose. Oh, what JP chose for you, Carly. Oh, okay, what JP chose. Yes, okay. what, what movies do you think were picked for you? Okay, okay, obviously. Um, okay, okay. Yes, um, let me think. Uh, okay, I think... I think JP probably did Demon Knights because we watched Bordello of Blood and he was like... You just, I know it's not that good, but I remember him being like, listen, you got to check out Demon Knight. That one's like great. I love it. I just remember that from back in the day. And then I think he also picked The Tenant because I know he's like blown that movie um, up and down. <laughs> so I think that would be it. Um, I think Venom would have chosen... Um, I think I think Demon not Demon Knight, sorry, Nightbreed, because that's our other co-host's favorite movie. Um and probably the White Reindeer because he'd wanna stump the chump. Heather. So I guessed for everybody. Oh, I guessed oh. for all the hosts. So I think Uncle Kevin picked Out of the Dark and Event Horizon. I think Venom chose the White Reindeer and Tokyo Zombie. I think JP chose the Vanishing and the Tenant. I think Dan chose Oculus and Demon Knight. And I think Scotty chose Nightbreed and Dead and Alive. Dead and Alive. Oh, Heather. You were so close. Oh, yeah? Nice. So close. Um, have you listened to the discussion? <laughs> right. Because there were of, a uh, in Nikki blowing Demon Knight. You would know that was not an obvious pick. Well, I wrote the list. 
previously. So I know. I, oh. it. I, I wanted to be fair without the discussion. But that's okay. okay. No, you, so you, we're had, gonna... you had one movie wrong. Uh, oh, really? Wow. wow. You know, uh, Demon Knight was chosen by JP for Carly. Nice. Actually, you know what? Um, What's a better way than to yeah. end this? Listening to uh, them. The Vanishing One, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So um, our co-hosts actually are playing clips for us. So to end our pillow fight segment, we are going to close out with our co-host clips and what they picked and why. And when we come back, we will be back with our feature presentation review of Cherry Falls. Hey, ladies. This is Smoke Show Crawford. I just uh, wanted to leave you guys a message about the two movies that I had picked for this episode. So the two movies I ended up picking are Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive by Peter Jackson, and Nightbreed by Clive Barker. The reason I ended up picking Brain Dead, Dead Alive is because this is one of my all-time favorite films from Peter Jackson, and any one of the ladies that have not seen it... Uh, it's just kind of cool to see where this man came from and to be where he is now with like the Lord of the Rings and everything else. Uh, but the main reason I picked this film besides that was because I had a feeling Heather has not seen this one and that I wanted to pick something that definitely screamed my taste because I am such a mark for like the slapsticky over the top gory horror comedies and this one delivers all of that in spades and i know that uh heather has a newfound appreciation for low budget films that uh, use their budget wisely and this is one of those films where i think when she watches it she will just be amazed by all the hard work and practical effects that were done in this film and how peter jackson pretty much did most of this himself and I think is one of the reasons why his uh, new CGI uh, special effects workshop, uh, Weta, I believe, was created because of this film. Uh, but yeah, that is the reason why I chose this. Uh, the reason I love it is because, once I, like I said earlier, it's one of my favorite horror comedies of all time. It's just so over the top and it's silly, but at the same time, it's so freaking violent and gory. And I am such a special effects gore hound and i freaking love this love watching this film and i hope that you ladies ended up watching the unrated version because the rated r version sucks compared to this one uh the reason i ended up choosing uh clive barker's nightbreed is because this film is very divisive Uh, i know a lot of people either love it or hate it uh there's not really much in between Uh, i know a lot of people have an issue with the acting from the two main leads Uh, but the reason I chose this is because, for one, I wanted to hear what you ladies thought of this, and uh, it's just a very interesting story where it's instead of the uh, monsters being these horrifying villains, they're actually the misunderstood good guys in this, and one of the reasons I uh, love this movie is because I am a fan of that uh, underdog story where, you know, the villain, like the the hideous monsters are end up being the ones that are actually good and just trying, just wanting to live their lives. And I am also a huge fan of Clive Barker's novel, uh, Cabal, which 
uh, it's one of my favorite novels of his. And also, I love it for the performance of David Cronenberg playing the freaking creepy yet calm killer Dr. Decker. His performance in this just unnerves me. And I want, I almost want to see a movie just based around him doing his killings before all this, all these events in this film occurred. But yeah, that is the reason why I chose these films. And I hope you ladies loved them as much as I did. And I just also want to say, I absolutely love the show. You ladies do an amazing job and it's so fun to listen to you guys every single month and look forward to hearing what episodes come out in the future. So much love to you all. And have a great day. Bye. What's up, girls? JP here from 22 Shots, as well as Carly's co-host on His and Hers Movie Podcast. I was asked to provide a couple of films, so I guess that's me kind of being invited to the slumber party. I'll take it. I'll take what I could get. Uh, But the two films that I chose were 1995's Tales from the Crypt Presents Demon Knight and 1976 Roman Polanski's second part or third part in the apartment trilogy, The Tenet. And the reason I chose these two films, first, Demon Knight. I think it's one of the best films of the 90s in terms of horror. It's always been a favorite of mine, has a great cast of characters, character actors in there. All kind of fun stuff. Jada Pinkett Smith is in there. A young Jada Pinkett Smith. It's a great siege narrative. But what I like about Demon Knight the best is the story. I think the story is really good. This whole seven keys that tie into Jesus's blood and this demon apocalypse that could happen if the wrong person gets a hold of the keys and... Sadler's character is really awesome. It's just a it's just a really cool story. I wish that the rest of the Tales from the Crypt movies kept going in that way. Um, but uh, Bordello of Blood definitely was a huge step down. And the reason I picked that for Carly is because it's a movie that I'd watched a handful of times recently and throughout my entire life. And I had mentioned it to her a couple of times and I'm pretty sure she had never seen it. So I thought she would really dig that one night the best is the story i think this story is really good this whole seven keys that tie into jesus's blood and this demon apocalypse that could happen if the wrong person gets a hold of the keys and sadler's character is really awesome it's just a it's just a really cool story i wish that the rest of the tales from the crypt movies kept going in that way um but uh, Bordello of Blood definitely was a huge step down. And the reason I picked that for Carly is because it's a movie that I'd watched a handful of times recently and throughout my entire life. And I had mentioned it to her a couple of times and I'm pretty sure she had never seen it. So I thought she would really dig that one. Just behind the Omen and Carrie, uh, respectively. But Roman Polanski's The Tenet is a really interesting movie. Uh, not quite as good as Rosemary's Baby, but I do think it's pretty up there. And I thought Carly might like it, but I kind of took a risk on that one. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed, and uh, talk to you guys later. Peace. 
Greetings and salutations, my friends. Mr. Venom here from No More Room in Hell, Fresh Cuts, and most importantly for tonight's festivities, in the mic of madness with the lovely Rebecca Reinhardt. Now, I've been asked to come on and talk about the two films that I chose for the ladies to watch this week. Those two films are 1952's The White Reindeer out of Finland and 2005's Tokyo Zombie, of course, out of Japan. Um, why did I pick these films? Um, anyone who knows me knows how much of a fan and champion I am for foreign horror. And it's one of those things that when I don't think an American horror fan has gotten uh, enough of a pedigree with foreign films, I like to recommend them as often as I can. I generally try to stick with more modern titles because I think those are the things that are really going to affect more modern American horror fans. But in this case, I decided to, to bring in one classic and one more modern. So first, let's talk about 1952's The White Reindeer. Um, this movie is out of Finland, so of course, you know, you're going to be dealing with subtitles, but this is a movie that I just discovered for the first time last year. I assume many American horror fans are unfamiliar with this one. Um, last year, we did a episode on No More Room in Hell, where we kind of looked at uh, movies from Finland, and we looked at The White Reindeer and Sauna. So this is a film that was a first-time watch for all of us involved, and for the most part, we all thought very positively of it. Um, this movie, for a 1952 foreign film, this movie looks gorgeous. This, this actually has some really nice cinematography. Um and when you compare them to like creature features coming out of uh, out of North America in the same time period, this movie actually in some ways is superior to that. And of course, most people, you know, think of Hollywood when they think of, you know, uh, theatrical films. So this one coming out of Finland might be a little bit of a surprise. Um, this one got me because it's a very subtle horror film. It's the story of a woman, a recently wed woman who is kind of, bored with her day-to-day -day life and she ends up having making some kind of pact with a demon or spirit of some kind that basically turns her into a shape-shifting vampire now that sounds really cool but don't expect to see any big scenes of special effects or transformations or anything like that most of the horror in this film is done off screen and considering it is a 1952 film that's it's fairly obvious why but I, I like I said I was just really impressed with how this movie looked I thought it was a really good um, kind of different look at the vampire lore I mean you could look at this movie as a vampire film since they do actually use the word in the description but you could also look at it as kind of a witch film where the woman kind of makes a pact with the devil to have these powers where she can now transform into this white reindeer so like I said, hopefully uh, Rebecca was able to get as much enjoyment out of it as I did. Uh, I, I, I understand that I'm biased when it comes to foreign films. For the most part, I like even the bad ones. And to me, this one is definitely not a bad one. This movie currently holds a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, which really says a lot for a foreign horror film. So yeah, this is a recommend for me, for anyone, but specifically for Rebecca, because I'm not... I know that Rebecca is the queen of North American shot-on-video horror, um, but I wasn't sure on her knowledge of foreign horror, be it classic or modern, so... That's the short reason that I brought these movies to the table. And then the second movie is, of course, Tokyo Zombie from 2005. 
This movie is a really odd one. It's technically a horror comedy. There is a lot of slapstick-style comedy in it, which maybe isn't going to speak to everyone um, watching these types of films because, you know, ultimately it is a zombie film. It's kind of a zomcom, but it also is, to an extent, a character study of our two main characters, uh, Fujio and Mitsuo. Uh, these are two guys that have been friends for a long time. They actually train together in jujitsu, uh, which is one of the things that I that brought me to the movie because I am a lifelong UFC fan. I've been a fan of UFC since day one, November 1994, the very first UFC event. I was uh, I wasn't there, but I watched it on pay-per-view, and I've been a lifelong fan ever since. So when I see a movie about two guys that practice jujitsu in a zombie apocalypse, I am instantly sold. On top of the fact that it's a Japanese film, and in a lot of scenes, the comedy really does work. Um, this is a film that I brought to the table because I wanted to see what the ladies thought of these kind of relationships, these kind of you know two male best friends kind of traversing their way in this world. Um, an another reason I brought this to the table is because I think the acting in this is actually stellar. Like these guys are legitimately great actors, especially our two main actors. I've seen them in other films where they play very different types of characters and they really are acting wonderfully in this film. So yeah. And one of the things that might surprise you is that my favorite scene in this movie, which is a zombie comedy, has absolutely nothing to do with zombies. There's a, um... There's a, a quiet scene where um, our heroes kind of are in a kind of like a school auditorium or gymnasium. It's after an extended action sequence, and they're all just kind of talking and having a conversation, very Quentin Tarantino-esque. And they just the things that they admit to each other, it's like they're pouring their hearts out. I, I genuinely adore this scene. Um, I, I think it's an underappreciated scene in a zombie comedy because obviously people are going to be looking for zombie kills and comedy. And that scene really uh, brings the drama to the table. So um, hopefully these are movies that entertained the ladies and were first time watches for all, if not at least most of you. And uh, hopefully, like I said, you had a good time with them. And if you didn't, I thoroughly apologize and will strive to do better next time. So that's it from me, folks. Once again, this is Mr. Venom uh, from No More Room in Hell, Fresh Cuts, and most importantly, In the Mic of Madness. Uh, I want to thank all the ladies of the Slumber Party Massacre for inviting me on. I hope I made you all proud, and I can't wait to work with every single one of you sooner than later. Have a wonderful evening, ladies. Keep it scary. Hey, Slumber Party Massacre. This is Kevin W. Smith, a.k.a. Lacey and Nikki's uncle. I was going to pick the movie The Midnight Hour, but Lacey told me to pick a different movie. Nikki would have known it was me, because since The Midnight Hour is one of my favorite films of all time. So the first film I chose was Out of the Dark. To be honest, I've never seen this movie all the way through. My older brother, Kurt, would watch that movie all the time. I was like 10 when it came out. I just remember that the killer wore a clown mask and the killer said, It's a friendly Dr. Bobo. My brother quoted that film for the longest time. That was the first movie that came to mind. And also, too, uh, Dan and Anthony was over helping me put an entertainment center together. So the second movie I picked was Vent Horizon. Uh, I just saw looked at my DVDs and saw that one. I thought that would be a good movie for you guys to watch. Uh, I think it's one of the best sci-fi horror films 
that takes place in space. I don't think he gets much love. How can you go wrong with Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne? Also, have you heard that I have my own podcast called Soundtrack Kev's Podcast, where I talk about the movie soundtracks and I also talk about the film, the actors, the production, the gross at the box office. Most of all, dive into the soundtrack I'll uh, do a revisit of the soundtrack where we'll actually take a listen to all the songs that's on the soundtrack and uh, I'll tell you what scene it, it is and that exactly what uh, time in the movie that you can hear the song. So if you like, uh, check out my uh, podcast. It's Soundtrack Kev's Podcast. What's up, Massacorettes? It is Dan Chase here. You may know me from such hits as Cut to the Chase, Cut to the Cartoon Commentary, Fresh Cut... Oh, no, not that one. Definitely not that one. Um, I had a little homework assignment over the week. It was to try and find Lacey Wu, my co-host, who's made all my shows infinitely better, to try and find two movies that she actually has not fucking seen. Are you, are you kidding me? Do you know how fucking hard that is for Lacey Wu? She's literally seen everything. I've never seen anything like it. Um, so I, I went far and wide and I digged up these two movies. Now, one, one I've had since day one. And I've been trying to get her to watch it for so long. So when this opportunity came up, I totally fucking cast that shit in. I'm like, yep, that's what we're doing. That's what you're watching. Because I love this movie. And I had a feeling that she would love it too. So let's get into it. This is my first pick. Um, This is one of those filmmakers where I wasn't necessarily um, aware when I watched the movie who they were uh, at this time. But as time went on and uh, Mike Flanagan... That's right. Continued to do his thing. Um, it became increasingly more evident that this was a movie to be not only paid attention to, but it just is fantastic on so many levels. The rewatchability is fantastic as well. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Oculus. Not a movie that's over the top. I don't think Flanagan does anything new that we really haven't seen before. But he does it so fucking well. Man, I love this movie so much. Uh, Hey, Slater, give me drugs, man. Uh, Slater's in it. Come on. Like, the movie is fantastic. Uh, What a performance by him. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, Katie Sackhoff uh, as the mother is fantastic. Man, the kids are great. Fucking Robin's in there doing his thing. Um, I just thought it was one of those movies that it it was original enough. It did everything right. Uh, the cinematography and, and some of it, it was so fantastically done. Uh, the jumps between the time jumps, uh, you know, from when they were kids until they were older and how that kind of all works together in the script and culminates at the end. I just thought it was beautifully done. Um, so if anybody hasn't seen this movie, please, I urge you to go out and see Mike Flanagan's Oculus. So that is pick number one. Number two. Now, that was kind of like my selfish pick, right? Like, I wanted her to watch that so bad. I know, like, we've watched pretty much all of Flanagan's stuff, I think. Uh, we didn't finish 
the second season of Hill House. But for the most part, we've watched all his stuff now, uh, most recently including uh, Absentia. So I was really excited for her to watch that one. But again, it's a personal favorite. That was more of a personal pick for me. Um, This next one, for me personally, it was like this. I follow filmmakers like Tarantino, like Kevin Smith, that just love it. It, They bleed their work. Like, it just oozes out of them. Deputy Dewey was oozing. No. Um, So you can just feel it from these people. Um, Eli Roth is one of those people. Uh, There's a scene in the first Hostel where, where, you know, Paxton, the main character, he's trying to find his friends and... And he knows that these girls are fucking with him, but he wants to find them, you know? He, he knows he's, he's in a dangerous situation, but he just has to know, you know? He's been looking for them for, for a good part of the movie, and, and yeah, like, the, they were the last people to see him. Things just don't add up in his head. All these things point to this. Now, whether that this is good or bad... He kind of doesn't care. He just wants to fucking know. That scene uh, was talked about in the Eli Roth commentary on Hostel. And he cited a movie that uh, I'm about to get into in a minute that was basically um, the premise for that whole scene and a huge inspiration for Hostel as well. So anything Eli Roth would recommend... I would go and check it out. Um, a lot of it, it, it was very hit or miss, but just his knowledge itself, um, I'll, I'll go by it. Uh, the movie that he mentioned that was an inspiration for not only that scene, but you know, um, a good part of that movie is The Vanishing. Uh, if you don't know anything about The Vanishing, good, good. Just go in blind as possible. Is that the key for Sutherland? No, no, not that one. That's all you got to know. Just stay away from that one and go for the original, which that story in itself, how it was directed by the same director, that is just mind-blowing because the two movies could not be any more different, uh, especially in regards to the ending. So I went and checked this movie out. Um, I had seen the Kiefer Sutherland and Jeff Bridges one before, and by the way, I think Jeff Bridges' performance in that movie is is fantastic. I love it. I really do. Um, but in the original, I'm watching it, so I know the basic premise. It's it's pretty much the same thing going, and then the ending happens, and it's so gut wrenching, and it totally took me by surprise. And it was just like, oh wow, okay, well that's it then. Well, fuck. And it just really hit me. And it's just one of those movies that stayed with me for a long time. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just has that, that thing about it. So, yeah, for me personally, The Vanishing was big. I don't know uh, if any other person seeing it would get that same effect. So I'm really curious to see actually what she thought because, uh, <laughs> because yeah, I, I, I don't know. So I guess I'm going to find out uh, very shortly. But, yeah, it was just one of those movies for me, and I feel like, uh, I feel very cultured watching a movie like that, because I'm kind of like a, uh, what they call a basic bitch. Like, I stick to my, I stay in my lane, you know what I mean? I'm like, Friday the 13th, like, I love Scream, um, I love Eli Roth, like, Kevin Smith, like, all just basic shit. So when I watch something like The Vanishing, I feel cultured. So you're welcome, Massacrettes. Um, You guys are doing a fantastic job. I love y'all. Stay safe out there. 
Keep them pillow fights fucking rocking. You guys are the best, and I will see you soon. That was creepy. Why did I say that? All right, bye. I remember the story like this. It was a dark and scary night, kind of like tonight. 25 years ago, a horrible crime was committed in the town of Cherry Falls. Now. You haven't heard about Rod and Stacy? Did they break up? Break up! Wake up! They're dead! What their parents hid in the past. Nobody has seen or heard of her for over 25 years. Mom, do you know anything about a woman named Laura Lee Sherman? No. Why? Is haunting the president. Who is it? Is your mom home? No. She didn't tell you I was coming by. Four teenagers have been killed. A fifth viciously attacked. All victims appear to be virgins. Federalists decided to take themselves off the endangered species list and have sex. I need to ask you a personal question. About how far you've gone, base-wise. Can you go further? Tell me about Laura Lee Sherman. Tell me. That was 25 years ago. Do you think she goes all the way? Doubt it. You better come. Come on. This is my post. I can't just split. Jerry Falls. Don't you want your first time to be something beautiful, something romantic? <laughs> Pleased to bring you our feature presentation. And now we are back with our feature presentation, a little film called Cherry Falls. It's a very sexually driven film. And, you know, do you think Cherry Falls drives from popping that cherry? 100%. Yes, they live in they live in Virginia, Lacey. It's Cherry Falls, Virginia. Talk about heavy-handed <laughs> shit. Wow. Coming right out of the gate, man. <laughs> All right. So I want to know when you guys seen this movie. Was this a first time watch? Um, or had you seen it before? What's your relationship with the movie Carly? All right. Uh, This is one of those ones that I actually kind of grew up on. uh, One that I would watch quite a bit as a youngin. And um, my mom and I both would watch it, honestly. And I think it was just on TV a lot back then. Um, But so I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, I hadn't watched it since I was a little kid. So I was kind of like going into it thinking, huh, I really don't, I only remember bits and pieces of this, so it's going to be interesting. It was one of those crazy things where you're watching it and you suddenly remember everything, like all the dialogue, how every line is said, like every little thing about, like I remembered how it ended, of course, and like what the reveal is and everything like that, but I thought, I'm not, I'm going to go in and not remember anything, but yeah, it all kind of came back to me, and um I had a really fun time with it. I was like, you know what? I actually, I really like this movie. Um, it's a little ridiculous, um, a lot ridiculous, but it, it, it's very, very nostalgic for me. Um, and for some reason, I feel like when I was a kid, I thought this was a lifetime movie for some reason. Oh, there's a reason. Th- yeah. okay. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm not crazy, yeah. but 
Um, I thought it was like a more dark Lifetime movie, probably also because my mom pretty much loved the Lifetime channel. So to me, I associated a lot of films with that when really it was like, no, this is just a basic slasher film. But uh, yeah, so for me, I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Nikki? Yeah, this was a first time watch for me. And I must say that uh, it makes me very happy to not be a virgin. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> um, yeah, as I was watching this film, it, it was pretty funny. And I, it, I mean, I can't relate to any nostalgia since it was the first time that I saw it. But as I was watching it, I did find myself wanting to know more about the film. So I did look up some fun facts and it actually was never, it was the cinematic version never made it to um, the US. It was first premiered on TV on USA. So that's probably why Carly, you felt it was (laughs) feeling more like a Lifetime movie because it premiered on TV before it actually maybe made it to the big screen, per se. There are some fun facts, even in regards to how the credits roll at the end of the film. They, They roll in the opposite direction as what most films do. And even in the special thanks in the credits it says no virgins were harmed in the making of this film (laughs) so they had yeah you could definitely see that they had a lot of fun while they were making this and what's also very interesting is that the director Jeffrey Wright he entered the film into a film festival in Spain and he won best director for the film and the film won best film. So that was interesting to learn as well. Hmm. I thought, uh, I, I absolutely love Brittany Murphy though. I think there's something just so natural about her and her acting. And I pretty much, I don't think there's a film of hers that she has that I haven't really enjoyed. I mean, until obviously I watched this one. It, this wasn't my favorite <laughs> film. I'm not going to lie. It was not my favorite film. But I still love her. I think there's something so authentic about her acting when she acts. And the when I was trying to figure out who the killer was, I was texting Lacey at the same time. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who the killer is. And then like, right as I texted that to her, it revealed who it was. I was like, yep, I was right. (laughs) It was just like, so interesting, because the fill of this movie, they wanted to achieve an R rating when they were filming it, I guess before they were filming it, it was actually much more raunchy than what a rating our version would have qualified for and like the scene at the end where there's like you know the students are having an orgy and whatnot I guess that was much more sexually explicit than what an R rating would have 
qualified, so they had to cut out a lot in the film. To yeah, be able uh, to it was. Oh, I'm I'm glad this was cut to, sh- was cut to <laughs> shit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to watch a bunch of fifteen-year-olds, sixteen-year-olds, like you know, thirty-year-old, sixteen-year-olds, like having sex in an orgy. <laughs> I just don't want to see it. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. I just thought it was interesting that they had like, yeah. they cut out a bunch of stuff to achieve the the rating of the film you know um it's actually they say it's the most expensive uh made for tv movie ever it had a budget of 14 million dollars wow wow um well because it obviously wasn't supposed to be but this was actually in the realm of the time when you know sex violence and movies were being blamed for everything And it was supposed to have been with another production company. Um, God, I can't. um, And it was going to be their first big release. And then all that was going on. So they decided they didn't want to actually release it. So they sent it to, um, they released it on TV instead. Hmm. With all the cut footage. So, yeah. So Heather, what was your relationship with the film? So I just saw the relation to the film uh, earlier this year and we covered it on another podcast that I'm, that I'm on. And here's the thing. I think the plot was, was smart and I can see why it won awards. It's not a bad directed film. The issue for me is the script. There are lines in this movie that are fucking painful to get through. And I am fine with cliches, but there are some characters that are just so over the top. Now, maybe they were made purposely to be over the top. And I'm just missing the point that this film took the whole slasher virgin, you know, stereotype, whether you think that's, you know, something that's common in movies or not and flipped it on its head, right? It, it, it looked at it from a different angle and with a very similar, you know, reason why someone was engaged in the killings in the first place, which is fine. Uh, there's actually really good lines that I do like that are delivered at the end that talk about um, sexual assault culture. But that aside, I think the structure was good, but the writing was just so painful for me to get through at times. Like even watching that high school scene where they're sitting <laughs> talking about like how someone died, like the two guys that are over the top jerks are just so over the top jerks. And I felt like it wanted to be scream, but what scream yes. did subtly this did over the top and you know that to me was the downfall of this film but I do agree with Nikki that Brittany Murphy played the role that she was supposed to very well I think the characters or the actors delivered the lines they were given very well it was honestly the writing because the concept of Cherry Falls is actually clever the the idea that you will stay alive if you have sex and you will die if you are a virgin is clever. It was the delivery. So I just saw it this year. I watched it a second time. I can say I liked it more the second time around, um, except for that fucking orgy scene. Because first of all, no fucking 15 year olds would know how to bang in an orgy. Like they're all fucking cuddled up with each other and shit. None of that fucking shit would happen. It would be all awkward people finishing too quickly. Girls keeping their shirt on because they don't want the guy to see their tits. Like it was unrealistic was the only thing and I get why they included that in there um but I thought that scene was still over the top but I I did appreciate it more on the second second watch but it's the writing 
it's the writing for this film that that just I can't get fully behind. Rebecca? And and Heather, I said that the exact words that you said while I was watching, I said this movie so badly wants to be Scream mm-hmm. with Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And it just, it fails in both parts. So I saw this in the early 2000s. I probably rented it at Blockbuster. I really didn't have any other memory of it except for, oh yeah, the, the one with Brittany Murphy and that like virgin orgy, you know? Like I didn't really like remember anything about the plot or anything like that. And so when I sat down to watch this, I was like, yep, that was pretty much it. Um, I like the premise. Uh, the only thing is, is the these brilliant freaking cops, who the cops have the worst dialogue, by the way. Oh. These brilliant cops come up with come up with this theory after three people are dead that they were all potentially virgins. Okay, and, and I appreciate, let's push the story along, but they also all went to the same school. They all had the same English teacher. They were all in the same grade. They may have lived in the same neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Like why they came to the conclusion so quickly you know, if these were like 40-year-old people who were being killed and they were all virgins, okay, maybe you could be like, okay, correlation. These are teenagers, you know? Like, a lot of these kids were, like, and obviously, as you can see by the orgy scene, there's not a lot of sex going on in this town. Everybody, this is a senior <laughs> class, and they're all freaking virgins. First of all, not in my town. I don't know. I grew up in a different place, I guess. I didn't grow up in Cherry Falls, Virginia. But yeah, there wouldn't have been that concentration of virgins at the orgy in my town. <laughs> Who are all very good I, at sex, by the way, and super yeah. confident in what right. they were doing. Yes. <laughs> right, right. And also willing, you know. Yeah, it just, it, it just, um, and the, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, but the dad's, the way the dad is with the daughter is just so cringy. I... And I knew from like, I mean, I had seen it, but I didn't really remember anything. But I was like, fuck, yeah, the killer is fucking obvious. Like, they just threw in, like, hello, I'm a red herring, like, for every character. And they were stupid red herrings, I thought. But I'm with Heather, like, the dialogue was just weird. And the dad's cringy. And the execution, I think, was poor in what they were trying to do. I think it could have been something kind of cool but I think you at least need like six people before you can make a correlation of for sure what the correlation is that they're dying by or like why they're dying three doesn't do it (laughs) I'm no cop okay yeah um for me this was a film that I feel like it kind of has is it like the Nelson Mandela effect to where I thought the movie was good when I was a kid (laughs) Um, <laughs> it's like, like when I picked this, like it had been years since I'd seen it. So I, I was really excited for us to talk about it. I thought there'd be a lot of things for us to talk about, which I think there actually is. Um, but upon this watch, like, all right, so I'll start back from when I was a kid. I remember like watching it and I was like, yeah, slasher movie. I love scream shit. Like, so I loved anything that like banked off of scream, honestly. Like, and I still do, like, I love a good whodunit. Unfortunately, this one you can tell who the killer is like right the fuck away. Um, <laughs> but um, yes. like, I mean, all they did was slap a wig on him. No but... way! It's the teacher. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? 
like and it, it's so I never like, would have thunk it like it's so like blatantly obvious going through who the killer is in this one like that if it had been anybody else like it wouldn't even I think that's part of the fun of it for me honestly but um yeah the the problem that I had with it like I don't mind the dialogue because it's a stupid fucking movie you know um the problem that I had with it I was kind of just bored to be honest um there's not a whole lot of kills that happen and the ones that do it because it was edited to shit it's so lackluster like I hate off-screen kills I don't know like I don't know what I thought when I was a kid that like I've always hated off-screen kills so I don't know why I thought I liked this movie as much as I thought I did but I didn't like it as much on this watch I was like bored I was like when's somebody gonna die all these characters are literally fucking annoying all of them like, I don't care. Even Brittany Murphy was annoying in this movie. Um, but I, I mean, I do like the premise of the film. I think it's kind of ingenious, you know, taking the typical, you know, we're going to kill the sluts in movies. And instead, this time we're going to kill the virgins. Um, I, I do like the flip of the script of that. I think it's smart. I think it's and, you know, then they decide that like, hey, we're going to survive. We got to go be grandma sluts. Um but obviously, like, I, the, the execution was just probably not as good. Like, I don't know any girl that would have just had an orgy and a killer's running through the house and they just had sex. Would she still be sleeping and the dude can just cover a blanket up over her head? And she, like, you know, like, as people are, like, falling down the goddamn stairs, like, and she's still. Well, you, you know what? If she had an, if she had enough vodka at the party, I'm sure hey. she would have. <laughs> Oh, oh man, oh, shit. Uh, that, that's not true because hey, that's not true because <laughs> little old me would have been dead because I would be screaming from the rooftop saying I'm a virgin. <laughs> yeah, I'm on my period. I'm a virgin and I'm on my period. Come kill me, please. Save me from this embarrassment that I'm going to endure until this story 15 years later on a podcast. <laughs> indeed um but yeah no i mean it does have some really fun moments though and i think like the the plot of it it, it is something to talk about with you know especially it being the post columbine era with you know the sex and violence and that's why it was edited down so much but the question i think remains here is if we were to have seen the unedited footage do you think it would have made for a better film or do you think people would hate it? Well, it depends on what footage you're talking about. If it's the kill footage, yeah, it probably would have made it better. If it's the orgy, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I yeah, think I showing the kills would have been a good idea because I think the aftermath of the kills, you could see that they're murdered in brutal ways, but unfortunately it's all off screen. So that probably would have made it. For me personally, uh, the cheesy dialogue is enough to keep me entertained. Um, the kills weren't a huge thing, but <laughs> yeah, if you're a big slasher fan, I could definitely see why this movie's very disappointing. Especially when you thought you liked it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And Lacey, I know what you mean. Like, I feel that way with a lot of movies where I'm like, I can't believe, I mean, Halloween Resurrection. I used to watch that all the time as a kid, and then I'm like, oh. yeah, but Buster Rhymes is in that, and he fights. That's Dude, I like that sick. movie. I like it too. Okay, yeah, quit it's being ha- you haters. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do like it though. 
yeah I still find it joy like again nostalgia but that's how I feel about this movie too I'm like okay I can realize all the issues and the bad cheesy dialogue but I enjoy it a lot and I always found the killer with the wig and stuff to be creepy um something about that black wig with like the streak in it just freaked me out a little bit and that part where he's chasing uh the girl Brittany Murphy through the school and everything and he's like running after her I always thought that was kind of scary and I still kind of did but you know honestly Carly if I had watched this when I was 17 when it came out I probably would have liked it a lot and I'm not trying yeah. to downplay your opinion I think that's absolutely fair we watch certain movies at points in our lives where mm-hmm. maybe we're a high school student maybe we're a virgin or not I wasn't a 17 but so I would have yeah yeah man yeah I would have survived that goddamn movie that's easy sure. I would have been showing them how to do it in the orgy all right no this is what we got to do guys um that's what but- I was gonna say I would have been like I would have been volunteering myself as tribute like hey guys I'm not a virgin <laughs> but you know if anybody any of y'all need somebody to save your life <laughs> I got this shit <laughs> I was born for this um, so like that makes sense Carly like we have nostalgia and that's okay right it's just we're also watching this movie it's 21 years old so you know yeah stuff that you're gonna be like Mm. but I do think the concept was ahead of its time and I will give it credit for that I just think it's unfortunate that the script writing wasn't there the kills weren't on screen I I think if they had just made some slight altercations, they could have really made this film uh, a lot better. But I think it also got fucked over by not having a theater release. You know, that was basically the tombstone on it. Um, It never had a a fighting chance, really. I want to talk about um, the actual reasoning behind, uh, you know, Jay Moore of why he was doing what he was doing, why he was the killer. Nikki, what did you think of his uh, motive? I think he had a solid motive um, throughout the movie. When you when you come to find that he is the killer, and you're seeing all the things that he went through when he was a kid, he was expressing the trauma that he went through. His mother um, basically took out on him what happened to her, the the trauma that she endured. So him taking that into adulthood and becoming the serial killer that he turned into I think he had a legit motive for you know he he wasn't healed from the traumas that he went through when he was a kid so that's my take on it Rebecca I agree like I mean he clearly had motive for killing people I don't understand still why he was killing virgins i mean because why wouldn't he be killing i mean it it seemed like at first it was going to be the children of the people who had abused his mom which i mean one of them coincidentally is but that's not really where it is like why virgins because your mom was a virgin her virginity got taken the the statement he gives is um he says something like i'm going to take away the one thing that's pure in this town and that's their virginities the virginity of the children Um, yeah it's it's a throwaway line that i honestly just caught because i had the same fucking question rebecca yeah (laughs) and and that still that still doesn't make sense so yeah i think he should have he should he's justified that he wants to kill somebody now what i don't understand too is he's like 
batshit crazy or whatever, but, you know, he somehow manages to get like his master's degree in English lit, you know, become a a high functioning (laughs) high school teacher. Um, I don't know. He was pretty crazy as a teacher too. (laughs) It's like, no, he was just the cool guy. He was like your cool journalism teacher, man. No, he was media like, teacher. People, he just people, gave you hundred percent. People talk about Mr. <laughs> hey. People talk about Mr. Colson from um, fucking uh, Never Been Kissed and like that he was creepy or whatever. I don't, I, I don't see it. Like I don't care. People can debate me on that all day. How close are two? Like that was the point of the fucking film, right? But um this he was really creepy i mean like britney murphy is walking down the hall and like there's a crowd of people and he's just popping his head out like she's a celebrity or something and this is like the, another <laughs> moment you just know he's a killer he goes joe oh, yeah like why would he be yelling for her like why <laughs> like it made no sense well because he wanted to give her critique on her t.s Eliot paper that she turned in late you know <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, (laughs) Well, my theory on why he was doing it was because, you know, obviously I think his mother was a virgin and she took, and they took away her innocence and turned her into the monster that, uh, you know, ended up raising him. That was what I took away from it. So he wanted to make more people like him. And it's really weird that, you know, him and Brittany Murphy were like siblings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a little weird. There's a lot of incestual, like weird stuff in this movie. Yeah, let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, the Brittany Murphy's father, they have a moment when he's teaching her self-defense. That was strange. (laughs) That was weird. Oh, Heather, Heather, can you say say the line? Because you do it so well. I just... I just want to know if you've gone all the way. <laughs> and if not, would you like to go all the way with me tonight? <laughs> me, right, exactly. Does he that's say that? Is exactly. that the line? No, no, I just added that one line no. in there. But no, that's what he meant. No, the first well part is. That's in, the, that's in the uncut No, the first version. part is. He, he wakes her right. up. He wakes her up out of a dead sleep to <laughs> ask her this. <laughs> She's right. like, oh. I know it's three in the morning. No, that was exactly it, but... Heather. <laughs> Heather, well, you Rob know. and I were watching it, and like he says the one line, and then Rob goes, "Cause I can take care of that for you, honey." <laughs> like I mean, it's so like this. It's like you don't have to say it to know exactly what he's thinking. Ugh. Now, Rebecca, my follow up: Did Rob wake you up at three a.m. and ask you if you've gone all the way, or if you would like to go all the way? <laughs> Probably. And you're right. Rob will the fuck back to sleep. It's 3 a.m. Exactly. I'm 45. I have children. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty rapey movie. It's there's the sexual tension between the father and the daughter. I don't there must be a reason why it's in there. There must be. Like a Freudian thing. I, I think don't it's know. a red herring. Yeah, like it's yeah. some kind of red herring. I think, it, I think it's like a red herring. So you think the dad did it at some point? Yes. Like, like, yeah. You think the dad is obsessed with the daughter or something? Yes, that's a very fair statement. Even though the mom's in the picture. When I was watching this again, I'm like, oh, yeah, the mom's around. Shit, I thought he was a single dad. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> right, which is like Nancy's mom. 
no, yes. no, yeah. the mom was super creepy in it too. Like, didn't she? Yes, just she was seeing Brittany Murphy on the lips. Uh huh. Like, I, well, she was like Nancy's mom from Nightmare on Elm Street. She's drinking to like forget about the past, and then she dredges it all back up. Blah blah blah. No, but yeah, she's weird, and she wants to do her daughter too. Yeah, like they kept kissing on the lips, and I'm just like, this is creeping me out. That that got me more than the dad shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I I didn't grow up. Like, I'm not a touchy-feely type of person. Like, I'll hug, maybe. But, like, it's it's just, whenever I would see, like, anybody kiss, like, on the lips, it creeps me the fuck out. I'm sorry if you guys are one of those families that do that. Um, no, no, no. I'm not in Cherry like, Falls. No. When I was seven, like, up until probably age seven, I kissed my parents on the lips. But then after that, it just gets to... No, that's been weird, Carly. <laughs> Oh, okay, never mind. Did you live in Cherry Falls? It happened. No. <laughs> my mommy and daddy loved me. I thought, I don't know. Oh my God. No, everything's different in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know why. I Like, a, a kiss on the cheek, whatever, but a kiss on the lips is just, like, something no. personal. It's weird. No, it's, there's something, there's something intimate. There's something, like, I, I don't know. It's, like, maybe it's just society, but there is something intimate about kissing on the lips. It's something right. more yes. sexual and romantic. So, so I'm not off in my thinking. <laughs> you, no, no. Well, Carly, I'm not going to judge you, but that was weird. That yeah. was weird. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, let's just cut that. Let's, uh, any, any like Cherry Falls. Um, <laughs> Look guys, Cherry Falls meant a lot to Carly. Don't judge. <laughs> it did. I'm going to tear up. But now we see I didn't even, like, nostalgic. I didn't I even think. I was 16. I got woken up in the middle of the night to ask if I'd had sex ever. Wow, and then I, I asked that was my dad. Normal. I asked my dad if he was disappointed when I told him I was still a virgin. Yeah. And he said, "No, honey, of course not." When, when, how, how old were you when you asked him that, Carly? Or do you want to share that story? <laughs> you actually <laughs> saying your dad? Are you disappointed, or is that a fake story that you're making up right that's now? A, I'm not quite fake, sure. Oh fuck! Story. I was going to be like, what? I know. No, that's, <laughs> that, I know at this point, like, like people think, yeah, that yeah. was in the movie, Heather. Oh. <laughs> All right, that was. In, yeah. I got excited. Sorry. No, um, that was, my parents woke me up. Die. They would have been pissed. I would have been like, "No!" I would have been doubting to come up with a lie. You know what? Those <laughs> condoms you found are mine. Go to yeah. bed. Well, whose condoms did you honestly think they were? You dumbass. <laughs> what? No, isn't it weird? Like when you like watch a movie though, and like you never like notice like some of the things that like as a kid, like you kind of have like blinders on, and you you don't like really notice these things. Like so, take for example, I watched "Look Who's Talking" last night, right? And when fucking uh, Bruce Willis is still in the womb or whatever, and like he discovers his hands and then they, he discovers that he has a penis and he was like, how am I going to get that in my mouth? Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what, did he really just fucking yeah. say that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, like, did that joke have to be in there? You know what I mean? Like, that's the weirdest <laughs> fucking, like, it's. Yeah, I think there's some subliminal messaging in some movies (laughs) and sometimes they throw things in for the adults like it's something that's supposed to be kid friendly Uh, you see this a lot now in animated movies where then they just throw something in the adults are all like (laughs) yeah you know but the kids totally don't even they they don't even know what the fuck you're laughing at they couldn't even fathom it yeah i had never caught that that line before it was weird it was weird i don't know And now it got quiet. See, it was fucking weird. Anyways, so back to Scary <laughs> Falls, guys. Or should we graduate? 
Right. Back to some more weird. <laughs> I think I didn't even think about how weird it is that like she's kind of flirting with the teacher too. And then you find out they're siblings and it's like, oh, that's creepy at the end. Yeah. But, it, well, yeah. not even that she's flirting with the teacher. It's that the teacher's flirting with her. So he is not. Oh, yeah. He knows. Her teacher, yeah. But also he knows that he's her brother. Yeah. yeah and that he's going to try to kill her. So it felt it reminded yeah, me of scream know. like scream three plot kind of with that whole dynamic only not as good. Ye- a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, i think it would be <laughs> interesting if they took a stab at remaking this film oh, took and a they stab. just changed the dialogue no if they pun. use the concept <laughs> of if you're a non-virgin you're more you you'll live and they just made the dialogue less unless like i would really like to read an interview because i really feel like this sexual stuff was put in there on purpose i'm not sure if this was supposed to be some kind of psychology stuff that they were trying to go real deep with or they were completely oblivious and just thought it would be funny um but it would be interesting to hear thoughts on the dialogue and the sexual tensions of it actually um i believe that um what was it um hang on i'm let me look this up here all right, so it says, while much of the violence had been trimmed, the teen orgy ended up causing the most problems with the MPAA. After all, you can't just show a bunch of minors having sex at a party. Well, you couldn't in 2000 anyways. Interestingly enough, uh, he wrote the scene to feature a sea of white sheets in his script, which comes as an extra with the Blu-ray. Viewers wouldn't actually see most of the orgy taking place, and mm. they would see the shapes of the bodies moving under the sheets. When the killer is chasing Jody through the house, the audience was simply... And that makes sense. With splashes of blood randomly appearing on them, which I think that's actually, like, a, that was probably the, one of the coolest moments is when he is actually slashing them, like, as a slasher fan, like, just killing the kids. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if you're a fucking virgin anymore or not. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like, that's probably, like, one of the best parts in the movie, but... um to keep going, uh, Wright chose to go a more graphic route and show everything in plain sight, re- resulting in the film being given an NC-17 rating multiple times. Since Wright was obligated to deliver an R-rated film, nearly all the nudity, mostly topless females, were cut from the scene. Um, let's see here. Um, Screen Factory couldn't find it. Uh, the, on the Screen Factory, apparently the, this discussion is talked about, though, about the sex. So if you got the Scream Factory Blu-ray that you purchased, or was it? Oh, I did. Did you? Get I bought Factory? it for $15 and somebody owes me 15 fucking dollars. I owe you nothing. <laughs> I owe you nothing. Shot, 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 shot. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, but no, Rebecca, if you Just like one decide shot. to listen to the commentary on that, um, there was probably more knowledge based off of why it had so much sex stuff in it. I'm sure Becca that would will be right on that. Oh, I, that's what I'm doing right after this podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I could see her doing it for a drunken commentary. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be fun. Oh, that's what I'm doing right after this. Great. <laughs> uh-huh. All right, should we get into our ratings, ladies, or is there anything else you want to talk about, Cherry Falls? 
the I best line the best line is when he comes in and says class dismissed i liked that too <laughs> i used to think that was scary that's another thing i used to thought find scary as good i was like oh shit it's their teacher and then all the kids were like oh my god what the hell and he's wearing a wig and they're all naked running down the stairs and then they have like a human trample and it's like i used to think that was great now but that is re- realistic of what would happen people would right, panic yeah. And yeah. people would die from being trampled. That is the most scary part. Yeah, of but they're not when they're on the stairs. Assholes. But yeah. there are yeah. like a hundred able-bodied teenagers. They could take on one middle-aged English teacher. <laughs> who is yeah, some of you are gonna get killed. Jay I would Moore, panic. Of all people, yeah. No, actually, uh, I thought for some reason, again, the Nelson Mandela thing, I thought he wasn't revealed until he said class dismissed. Uh, he was revealed a lot earlier, you know, with, um, you know, Michael Bean and uh, Brittany Murphy. Uh, he was revealed like a half hour before the movie even ends or before that scene even takes place. It was really I was like, what's happening right now? Like, I, I just remembered him storming into the party before. Um, so, yeah, I didn't remember that's that. when you learned about his backstory and the trauma he went through. Yeah. Yeah, I had completely right. His James Bond that. villain moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the very end, when he's dead on the ground, that kid goes over and takes the wig off, and he's like, "It's Mister whatever his name was." And it's like, "Yeah, we already established that, dude." <laughs> no, like, he's, he's like, <laughs> it's like a Scooby Doo moment. Like, oh my god, it was him all along. And it's like, yeah, he just, he just told you all it's him. Like, this is a stoner kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, GJ Quells is in this movie. The kid from fucking the new guy and uh, Road Trip. I boinked her. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He was boinking in the closet in this one. Uh, yeah. All right. Heather, give us your rating. Yeah, we do out of five here, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. But um, I don't know. This film had a lot of potential. And I want to acknowledge the concept. I want to acknowledge it. One best director. I really don't have beef with the director. The director has nothing to do with the writing. Um. So I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5 because I do think it tried to do something different. And I will be honest, I wouldn't mind a remake. I wouldn't mind a remake or adaptation of this story if they could just work on the writing. So 2.5. Nikki? Yeah, for a first time watch, it was fun and I enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of comedic element elements for um, a comedy horror. I don't know if that was the intent of the director but after our discussion and everything I I really do find it interesting with all of the the incestual innuendos and the sexually explicit cut down orgy how like a a film with this type of content um, did not make it to a movie release but went straight to tv I find that very interesting and I think that for what the film is and what it was the premise of it I agree I really enjoy the concept of the film I thought it was an original idea I just think that the execution of it was could have been done a little bit better so for that reason I'm going to give it a two out of five Rebecca So I found myself (laughs) face palming. (laughs) I found myself face palming like a million times in this movie, but I was laughing and talking about it as, as 
anybody who has ever been on a podcast, you know, that like sometimes when you go back and you talk to other people about it, it makes you kind of like it more because you realize the ridiculousness was enjoyable. Um, so probably last night I would have been like, I'm going to burn this Blu-ray and curse Lacey's name. <laughs> However, today I'm going to give it a two <laughs> out of five. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. All right, Carly. Guys <laughs> <laughs> suck. I um, I'm very nostalgic for the film. Now, granted, I do see its flaws nowadays, and I see why watching it for a first time, you probably wouldn't. You'd probably be like, "What the hell is this?" But for me, it's nostalgic. It brings me back to my childhood days of becoming a horror fan. I kind of I like the whole. Uh, after scream scream wannabe effect to it i like the cheesy dialogue and i i i still kind of dig the killer with the stupid wig i mean i just i don't know i'm into it so for enjoyments for enjoyments i give this a four out of five whoa can i just say that i'm surprised at you grandma sluts this is a film that is about saving the grandma sluts of the world and oh no i love the concept i think we've, i think we set that up there i think the concept is brilliant like i love being like having like automatic armor in in a slasher environment it's just it's the execution that i had problems with and i'm just upset i never got invited to an orgy once yeah like i mean like i mean i've maybe been invited to some you know weird kinky things but certainly not when i was like 17 no, i was not invited was to an orgy then? I know. Like, I was lucky to have a kegger in a cornfield, for God's sake. <laughs> Same. Um, no, I'm just giving you guys shit. Um, I, I, I really like the premise of it. Um, it doesn't hold up as well as it did with my, like, little 12-year-old brain, probably because I didn't compute everything that was happening. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is a little bit cringy, but I still do have fun with it. I think that slashing scene, um, where he just doesn't care anymore, um and it's just you know I, I think the scene could have been better but it saves it more for me as a slasher fan um I think Jay Moore like deserves all the credit in the world for this film um as much as you know Brittany Murphy is missed I think he's the standout <laughs> like I'm just picturing him in the crowd Jody like <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I think he made it fun <laughs> um, and yeah I I you know, I'm going to go a three out of five on this one. So, yeah. Nice. All right, ladies, that came this episode, um, episode seven, um, our episode, or no, this is episode eight. Episode eight. When we come back, it'll be our Halloween episode. So we'll have some good Halloween goodies. Looking Ooh. forward to that. Um, so for everyone who's been a part of this one, thank you and bye. 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 Bye.